So stopbigcon.com now exists to begin with. Um, it's been a while. Either this, this has to stop or I'm going to have to stop. Either this, what I'm about to discuss has to stop or I don't know, this, uh, this may just not be for me anymore. So let me explain. Give me a few minutes of your time because context matters here. I ask that you don't skip ahead. It won't take very long. This has been a long time coming. This is a conversation that I've actively avoided, sidestepped, um, and I've hoped and prayed that it not be necessary behind the scenes for a long while, but that's no longer possible. So if you've watched for the last decade, you know that I've always made it clear that we here at Mug Club are in the business of serving you, the viewer, you watching, listening right now. I've also made it clear that I wouldn't be in the business of attacking other conservatives, uh, regardless of disagreements or personal issues. And I've always explained my logic was relatively simple. I believe that the world was better with more voices out there rather than less, regardless of minute differences, considering the magnitude of the battle that we are genuinely fighting for our country right now. But for the first time, I have to say that I believe many of those in charge in the right-leaning media are actually at odds with what's best for you, the viewer, the customer, uh, and more importantly, the country. We here at Mug Club, we thought that we were all in this together, that we were fighting the, the, the media, entertainment, industrial complex. Um, we thought that we were all genuinely taking it to big tech. But too many of those in charge of the big conservative platforms um, are verifiably in bed with them. Big tech is in bed with big con. The people you thought, the people I thought were fighting for you, a lot of it has been a big con. Now, I'm specifically avoiding naming names or going after individuals uh, in this video because I genuinely hope that those I'm addressing, and you know who you are, have a change of heart. It's, it's never too late to do the right thing. Guys, this is a genuine plea. We can all do better. We can all do better. It doesn't have to be this way. And please, don't make me have to provide receipts. Now, to the others out there um, who have now been able to verify, have been locked into exploitative contracts that I have the luxury of not having to sign, which is why I'm doing this. Um, those of you out there who've been locked into this and, 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 and you know what I'm talking about. Stay tuned. I've got something for you before this video is done. So there are a few points to address. Now, many, many, but not all of the suits running the business of, of big conservative, big con, at best don't share your values and at worst are taking advantage of your good graces. And as I've experienced it behind the scenes, I've watched our country be harmed as a result. So Mug Club, professionally, it's meant everything to us here, um, personally too, but professionally, you are the entire reason for our ability, your ability to create this kind of content truly independently for the last six years. When I started doing, you know, right-leaning, like comedy entertainment videos uh, in 2009, 
maybe it was 2008, I didn't, really didn't have a plan. I didn't know the blueprint because there was no blueprint. I didn't know the ceiling because no one with this kind of content had ever really even tried it. It was you, Mug Club, you watching, supporting, who created the ceiling. And you made it clear that all of you were going to keep raising it. All I knew back then was that I was a conservative. I was a Christian. There was nothing out there for someone like me. Not on cable, not on radio, certainly not on YouTube. And back then, that was really the only um, video platform. Uh, live streaming wasn't really even a thing. All I wanted to do was to set out to create the kind of content, the kind of show that I always wished had existed when I was growing up. And I hoped that there would be enough of you out there like me. Here's the thing. I was told that there weren't. I was told by the powers that be that you didn't exist. I was told that the only way to make a living in this business was to cater to older conservative generations and that comedy, that entertainment, that edgy quote-unquote content didn't work on the right side of the spectrum. An entertainment show would never work. You, all of you are the only reason that I, that we here, were even remotely vindicated. And, and, and Mug Club sealed it. I remember exactly where I was when I thought up the idea of Mug Club. I remember who I was with. I remember what I was eating. I remember why. I could see the writing on the wall back then, the big tech censorship on the horizon, the diminishing advertising revenue day by day, and I knew full well that demonetization from these platforms, it was inevitable. Uh, but I wasn't really sure that this would work. At that point in time, getting anyone to subscribe to anything was pretty much impossible. Everything on the internet was basically free except for pornography. Even, you know, Netflix, the only player in the space at the time between shipping DVDs of Poltergeist 3, uh, they were struggling with online streaming. But I found a great partnership back then, a partnership with a company called CRTV, which later purchased The Blaze and used that name going forward. And on election night, 2016, so many of you signed up that the back end of our site crashed. We couldn't handle it. And it only grew from there. Now, I want to be clear about something. Uh, this video here, it's, it's not about The Blaze. Uh, when they were purchased by CRTV, the, the company's goals, their vision simply grew further apart from, from mine, um, from ours here. Just, it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah, you know, I wasn't thrilled about some things and the, you know, handling of Mug Club leaving. And that's why, uh, you know, we launched MugClubForever.com where you can sign up just to be able to reach you. This really isn't about that. So I want to create some separation here. Business relationships end all the time. That's business. But I was in a period to field offers from other people, other key players in this movement. They flooded in. Now, before you guess who it is, before you start trying to do some, some, some Sherlock Holmes work, um, there are far more people beneath the tip of the iceberg than you know about who are trying to get into the space. There are more than you would probably assume. So I went into free agency. Uh, I looked over the offers. And I saw the clause come out. And I don't just mean unreasonable demands for control, but what, what I would argue are immoral terms that actually punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. And that's something that I, I just couldn't unsee. And, and I want to let you know, it's not the exception. It's the rule. Kids, kids out there coming up. We need to build a bench here in this movement. It's almost impossible. Don't sign, don't sign these contracts. I know, I now know what you are signing out there. I have the luxury of not having to. 
I don't have to be here. I don't have to say this. Please don't sign this. Certainly not without professional legal counsel representation. Do not sign something that includes, you know, let me go through this. Effectively, uh, full ownership of all your social media uh, platforms, channels, in perpetuity, the rights to your content, name, image, likeness, um, even the ones that you've built. Don't sign contracts out there that include multi-million dollar penalties for different... Let let, let me read you an example of what I mean. Um, And this would be if it was me. If Crider fails to deliver a monthly content uh, in any month or any of the quarterly content in the corner, including any and all ad reads, and by the way, all these contracts came with three, four, five ad reads per show, which would fundamentally change what this show is. Got to get those dollar-dollar bills. If I failed to do that, it would be a $250,000 reduction in fee per quarter. If, let's say, uh, we did do everything per quarter, but annually maybe missed something, like let's say we went and did a Change My Mind instead of a daily show, which of course requires a lot more work, it'd be a separate $1 million penalty for that if you miss a single piece of content. And the amount of content required is not in line with, frankly, it's worse than Disney. It's worse than ABC. It's worse than NBC. It's worse than CBS. This is ownership of you and everything that you do. But here's, just to drive it home, don't sign something that has another $100,000 daily penalty if it's not signed off on beforehand. You get a sick... You get hit by a car, you have a sick day, you could lose $100,000 a day. Hey, anyone wonder why there's burnout in this? Anyone wonder why you have kids come up and they leave and never to come back? You think if you had that kind of a penalty, you think if someone said, hey, we're going to penalize you $10,000 every day you miss coming into work, you think you'd be stressed? This is worse than the left frames their contracts. Again, I don't, of course I didn't sign any of these things. But I now know what other kids are signing out there. And here's the worst part. Yeah, that's terrible. I think it's, um, I just think that's wrong to treat people that way. But this is where, in going through this, and I need to take some time because, look, I've always tried to be a happy warrior, uh, and I want to go back to that. I I haven't been happy for a while. To be really, I haven't been happy for a while because when you know what goes on behind these scenes and you see how many people are complicit it creates an air of hopelessness it really does where you think the people are supposed to be linking arms and fighting with you fighting for you want to punish you so here's the worst part do not kids under any circumstances sign a contract with people who claim to be conservative but will penalize you 25 percent for any demonetization or sponsor boycott. Look, let me read this to you. If any of the major platforms... Oh, no, sorry, that's the second one. Let me go back to the first one. There's another 20%. It's 45% if you get a content strike. Let's start with the demonetization. If blank is boycotted or dropped by more than 50% of uh, the advertising partners, the company is not able to replace them within 90 days, the fee will be reduced by 25%. Uh, that's a sponsorship boycott. So that's saying, hey, 
Hey, hey, liberals, boycotts work. They work on our guys. We'll punish them for you. Let me go on, specifically YouTube demonetization. If any of the major platforms issues a content strike such that Crowder cannot be monetized on such platform, and the company is not able to resolve the issue within 90 days, the fee will be reduced by 25% moving forward. Now, I thought this was a mistake because, you know, these people maybe didn't know who I am, that we've been demonetized for three years. No, it was made very clear to me in no uncertain terms. This is what's sent out to everybody. And then if you get a, then if you get a strike, meaning a suspension, another 20% reduction. And then another 20% of it happens on Apple. And then another 10% of it happens on Facebook. And then another 10% of it happens on Spotify. Imagine you're deplatformed, as we've seen in the past, where all of the major entities decide to remove you in one day. Rather than having a conservative alternative, you would now be down to 5 to 15% of the revenue of your contract. Think about, think about this for a second. Those in charge, the big conservative, the big con, and it really is the biggest con going right now, they're making it known in their contracts that they will enforce the guidelines of big tech and punish conservatives on their behalf. No, don't, hey, don't, don't worry, Wojcicki. These, trust me, these conservatives will stay in line. If they get demonetized, we take away 25% of their operating budget. Take another 20% away if they get a hard strike. Hey, don't worry, Zuckerberg. We've got your back. Hope to see you at the UFC Apex. Let me, can, let me ask you, can you imagine if this show not only was never permitted to take risks per our contract as it relates to uh, big tech guidelines, like as far as the content guidelines, right? There's content guidelines and there's advertiser guidelines. Can you imagine, just imagine a, a world where this show could never take risks in relation to those guidelines on, say, things like mRNA injections, election integrity, take your pick. But one step further, if this show had to be advertiser-friendly on YouTube, those guidelines pretty much read, don't say anything offensive ever. Well, what's offensive? Whatever is stuck in Susan Wojcicki's craw that day. I wish those at the top in big conservative with granted yeah a lot of the money wanted to do better but they don't that's why i've created stopbigcon.com and you can be a signatory and our plans therein look like i've said i have the luxury of not signing this i don't need it i've been demonetized for years uh we've adapted here precisely because of mug club you know the free content only exists because of those who subscribe i've promised you we won't do more than one sponsorship spot per show i will keep my word on that until this show ends why because it's designed for you it's not designed for the sponsors if it's four or five six seven sponsors they're no longer the product you're the product so we've adapted here i don't need this we've been demonetized and we're not beholden to sponsors who might get boycotted because the sponsors that we have are going to go wherever we go anyway we know that beyond any shadow of a doubt that's the luxury of doing business honestly and loyalty. But to the kids out there coming up who don't have that luxury, please don't sign these. You can do better. We can all do better. And the only reason at this point 
for me to stay and continue doing what I've been doing is to make sure that we all do that we all do better. So to everyone out there who refuses to sign or is under the cloud of these maybe not entirely enforceable contracts, look, here, here's your signal. Water's warm here. I'll produce your show. We'll produce your show. If there are enough of you out there, I will transition Mug Club into a full-scale network with independent content creators who don't want to be locked into slave contracts. Look, I understand that Business relationships sometimes fall through. People don't see eye to eye. I get that. But there is a way to structure these contracts and a network. There's a world in which contracts and a network exists where everyone benefits with some semblance of fairness, transparency. There's no need to be enslaved like this. If, if you're out there right now and you're making content work on whatever scale that may be, there are levels to this game. I understand that. And you'd like to have some backup. You'd like to have some brothers, sisters, Z's and arms, some security without losing your shirt. Send your email to creators at louderwithcrowder.com and we'll talk. You want a partnership? Great. Can probably work something out. You want the security of being an employee? You could probably make that work too. There are many ways to skin this cat. And you know what? If Mug Club or whatever network it becomes isn't for you, if this isn't the right home for you, we have lawyers and representation who will negotiate your contract for you with anyone else out there at half the market rate. Why? Because I don't like this and I'm going to end this. We all need to end this together. I have plenty of friends I could use a few enemies. There is strength in numbers. And if you watching right now, right now, if you want a network that you can truly call your own, I just ask that you enter in your email at stopbigcon.com. Entering in your email makes you a signatory. It's a statement that you want, not just Mug Club, but you want a network that does better. So it's either time for Mug Club to go big or it's time for me to go home. I can't change this all by myself. I really can't. And frankly... Swimming upstream with just this one show, it's, it's, it's a futile endeavor. So either Mug Club grows and we, you, start setting the standard for this movement, we write this ship, or you know what, I'll go back to doing maybe occasional videos, stand-up. I, I, I don't need to do this. It's, it's that simple. My life would be less complicated. I, I just want you to think about this for a second. There's a reason that... If you felt this way, let me put it this way. And I've heard feedback from you. If you feel in your gut that a lot of conservative content out there feels homogenous, feels sanitized, feels like they're, they're missing some key points, there's a reason for that. There's a reason that you know. You, you often find yourself asking, hey, I wonder why X won't talk about Y. And I now know. Any contract that I would have signed would have turned this into yet another softer radio show on video littered with live reads for every sponsor that could be crammed into every single episode possible, devoid of the sketches, the change my mind type segments, the spontaneity, the levity that's made this show exactly what it is. Oh, and by the way, I was told would never work by the same powers that be. And the real reason the stakes are so high for us here, but me specifically, look, Either I'm a break glass in case of emergency candidate here, 
to, to start a network and to actually start helping people out there who, who don't have, don't enjoy the same luxuries that we do of being independent. E either that's my role moving forward or this isn't for me. And here's the thing, all at once it kind of hit me and I had to take some time, I hope you understand, to, to really pray and, 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 and contemplate this. And it, it hit me. After all of these years, even after all this time, after all of you have voted with your dollar and your viewership and your support, you've shown what's possible in supporting this, the largest, the largest show in the conservative movement, bar, bar none, bar none, just to be clear. And I don't often advertise that. I don't lead my show with that. I want the content to speak for itself. But I also realize that you need to understand you're a part of something bigger than maybe you realize. It's the biggest show in the movement, bar none. The last election night on Rumble, bigger numbers than any mainstream show on YouTube. That's significant. That's you. Now, while I'm grateful and humble, false humility doesn't, it does you a disservice. But even after all this time, after all of you have voted with your dollar, with your viewership, with your support, after you've set records, it wasn't, and it's not, I should say in the present tense, it's not that the suits in charge of these places, big con, and these sites, these media companies, it's not that they still believe that this show can't work. It's not that they any longer believe that you don't exist. Those at the top, those pulling the strings in Big Con, are bothered precisely by the fact that you do. They don't want a group of rebellious rabble-rousers who want to learn, fight like hell, and laugh together. You're of no value if you can't all be kept in line to some degree. I don't mean some master plan to eliminate you. Just subdue you a little bit. Just soften your edges a little bit. Just play ball a little more. So we can keep our content all monetized. And keep having cocktails with those in charge of big tech. They want you to do that. And they're forcing many of the people you watch to do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I'm willing to bet that most of you watching right now can't do that. But okay, you know what? No. Let me, let me rephrase. Of course I could. Of course I could do that. I won't. I won't do that. And I'm willing to bet that most of you won't either. Let me know just how many of you won't. Enter in your email at stopbigcon.com. Com. Now, I just need some time to figure out how to do this. Um, the requirement for infrastructure is light years beyond what we would need for just this show. Uh, some time to solve this puzzle as to how I can best and most efficiently accommodate you. And hopefully uh, some time to restore my faith in a movement which frankly has been um, shaken by some. Not all. There are a lot of good people in this movement, but some really bad actors. Uh, among us and rather than throw anyone under the bus or continue this long drawn out drama playing out in the public square i'd rather focus on how to serve you the only people who truly matter in this movement and to this company and i would say to the future of this country you the average american who's watching not the person who's creating the content and framing the contracts you right now at home in your car in your truck wherever you are hands on the wheel so in the interim as i figure this out uh, pardon my dust. I'll still be on my social media pages. The silence is, is, is over now. I know I've been uh, sort of uh, sort of gone to, to, to radio silence. Um, 
I'll still be doing stand-up shows that you can always check out at uh, ladderwithcrowder.com slash tour. I'll actually probably do some more of those. I think I'm in Kentucky uh, February 10th. You can go and check it out. Um, I may even upload the occasional video. I don't know. Also, you know, I don't really do a lot of press. The last time I did it was I think the Vox Apocalypse because I just do this show. And for the first time in a while, I'll make myself available. I'll talk about this. So anyone who wants, anyone who wants to learn more, anyone who has the balls to talk about this, as isn't afraid from the backlash of maybe not getting the guests from the people who want to try and pinch us. Uh, you can send an email to media at ladderwithcrowder.com. I'm sending your inquiries here. I'll, I'll make myself available to talk about this. Now, if if we are going to keep doing this, we need to do it right. And I need to do this in a way that does right by you, because you are the future of this country. You are the catalyst for change, not some major media company, not some guy in a boardroom figuring out ways to sell you more reverse mortgages, gold or fucking pocket catheters. It's you. It's always been you. Those in Big Con would do well to not lose sight of that. So I want to be clear. Make no mistake. The liberals out there foaming at the mouth, this is not me turning against conservatism or an incident of friendly fire at all. Everything that I've ever stood for, I'm, I'm standing for now. It's precisely because I believe what I say that I'm doing this. And by the way, too many of these people aren't our friends. So this is the last call to those conservative businesses in on the big con. You have a chance. Join me in making this right. You know you've lost your way. It's never too late to correct the course. We can all work together and fix this. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. There's no reason that it is this way. I don't, I don't know why. I've tried to get an answer. I don't understand it. It doesn't have to be this way. Let's all reset and do it right. And if not, hey, I'll do it without you. And Mug Club is coming for all of it. The viewers and the talent. Now, to everyone else, everyone who's watched, listened, paid attention in any way, um, either right now or throughout the years, I just ask that you join me in letting them know that there are far more of us, far more of you than of them. Demand change, demand better, be a signatory. That's what this is. It's not just entering in your email. It's, it's letting these people know at Big Con that you want something different, that you require better. Because you know what? I am going to march into these people's offices, these nameless, faceless people's offices with your declaration and the number of you who exist. Those in Big Con are personally going to know just how many of you are equally pissed. You and the number of you out there are officially going to be their report card. Not a handful of old money billionaires, not career political and nonprofit lobbyists, you. You're a signatory. This is their report card. And all of you are the reckoning. And if enough of you draft me, fine. I'll be your instrument. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Stopbigcon.com. Please enter in your email. Comment below. Hit the like. All of that because it helps the algorithm. And you make sure that they see this. And stay tuned. 
probably going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. All right. Our friend Steven Crowder has launched a new initiative called Stop Big Con. And in the video announcing the launch of the project, he talked about leaving the blaze and all the different offers that he fielded from other conservative organizations and what he thought were the real problems with those offers. And that's led a lot of people to speculate about whether or not the Daily Wire is one of the people who made him an offer. In particular, are we the ones who made the offer uh, that he put up on the screen and talked about um, at length? And the answer is yes, that offer did come from the Daily Wire. Uh, I'm not trying to hide that fact. I'm not ashamed of that fact. In fact, I think it's a very good offer. Um, but I think there's a lot of sort of misconceptions about the nature of the offer, the nature of the points. I think Stephen misunderstood a lot of the points. And so the way we do here at The Daily Wire, we're just going to be incredibly transparent. You know that we like to have our members be a part of the journey. We live stream all of our company town halls, for example. We just find that you know, sunlight sometimes is, is the best disinfectant. And so with that in mind, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, how we came to be in conversations with Stephen, um, how those conversations ended, and, and walk you just line by line through what the actual document that we sent over to him, a non-binding uh, term sheet, what it actually said and why. First thing you should know is that uh, I'm really miserable to be making this video. Stephen's been my friend for uh, 10 years. I think he's maybe the most talented person working in the conservative uh, media space. He's he's one of the top entertainers in the country, politics notwithstanding, a great uh, comic voice. And uh, I find it really tragic that we're having this kind of a conversation. Um, but it's also very important, I think, that, that we talk about it, uh, in particular because I know a lot of people who are fans of The Daily Wire were really offended by the things that Stephen said in the video and they're concerned that maybe we're doing the wrong thing. And I think that by the time we finish this video, you'll understand what we were thinking with our uh, with our term sheet and how we operate as a business a little bit better. I've wanted to be in business with Stephen since the day that I met him. Uh, ben and I tried to do some even movie deals with Stephen before there was a CRTV and before there was uh, a Daily Wire. For that entire time, we've talked at length at various times about getting together and doing things. Of course, for most of that time, he's been under contract, first at CRTV and then at The Blaze. So we weren't able to, and you know, from time to time during the years, we would uh, get together and daydream a little bit about would there be a future for us to work together at the other end of that deal. We got word that Stephen uh, was finishing up his time at The Blaze and was interested in having a conversation with us. And so we reached out to his agent and we said, listen, we'd, we'd love to have a conversation. It's not every day that a monster talent like Stephen comes on the market. Uh, it'd be probably, we'd be bad businessmen if we didn't engage in a conversation with him. We weren't sure at that time if there was a deal to be had. I mean, for one thing, we're friends with uh, Glenn, we're friends with Tyler, we're friends with all the guys at The Blaze. We didn't, we weren't sure that we wanted to commit to making an offer to Stephen. And, you know, Stephen's an expensive talent. I mean, he's been in the business a long time. He has an enormous fan base, and we knew that it would take a lot of doing to get him over to The Daily Wire. This at the same time that we're investing very heavily in kids' entertainment content and uh, making, you know, real television content, streaming uh, scripted fiction like The Pendragon Cycle and Atlas Shrugged and other projects that we've taken on. Would we have the resources? We weren't sure. But again, you have to have the conversation and we were happy to have it. So we reach out to the agent and we say that. We say, you know, we'd like to have a conversation with Stephen, kind of get into the details of, you know, what's he looking for? What's he looking for financially? What's he looking for in terms of structure? Uh, what would make his life better? What would make him happy? You know, he's, he's got this opportunity now to have a next chapter. What's he want that next chapter to be? Uh, and Stephen's agent 
candidly just wasn't interested in any aspect of that conversation. He only wanted to know about the money. He said, you know, we're not gonna have a conversation. We're not gonna have some abstract talk. We're gonna send us an offer. Tell us how much money you're willing to pay. And he gave us an indication of what the minimum number would have to be in order to even have a discussion with Stephen. And it's a big number. So we talked about it internally and, and we decided, yeah, we should do that. We should send over uh, an, an opening offer, a, a non-binding term sheet that takes a stab at what we think that, that minimum number is going to be to get the conversation started so that we can sit down with Steven so that we can see if uh, if there's a deal that'd be good for him and good for us. And, and that's what we did. We, we put together the term sheet, we sent it over, uh, and we asked if we could get on the phone and have a conversation with Steven. I'm gonna walk you through that document, what it says, what it doesn't say, some of how Steven represented it. I'm sure he feels like he was being accurate, but some of the things that he said are simply not true uh, based on the text. And, and you know, Steven's a very passionate guy. I think that he's doing his level best to stand against what he sees as an injustice, but uh, there is no injustice in this document, as I think you'll see. And then I'll tell you what happened right after we sent the document when I finally did get on the phone uh, with Stephen. So first, here's the document, the non-binding confidential term sheet. I'm just gonna walk you through it, full transparency. This non-binding term sheet sets forth the basic deal points of a proposed content production and distribution agreement between the Daily Wire LLC the Texas Limited Liability Company, and Stephen Crowder via his loan out, uh, so that if and when the parties elect to move forward with a long-form agreement, they can move quickly in preparing a definitive and binding agreement. That's just legalese that means uh, this is just a conversation starter, and we're obviously going to have a negotiation uh, if we move forward, and a lot of these points are going to get beat up. And for those of you who have never been through a contract negotiation, well, that's how it works. When you when you send someone an offer, you don't send them uh, everything that you're willing to say yes to because there is going to be a negotiation because agents and lawyers are going to get involved because you can't read their mind. You don't know everything that will be important to them and everything that they'll want. You don't know even you know some of their sort of non-negotiable uh, points. And so you send over a, a loose offer and then they're gonna beat it up a little bit. They're gonna say, well, this should be higher and this should be lower. And you're gonna come back and say, no, we're gonna stand firm here, but we're willing to compromise there. And over time, you either get to a deal or you don't get to a deal. But that, that's how a good faith negotiation always works. 100% of every uh, interaction I've ever had with any talent, that's the process. Uh, and so here we go. Here was our offer. A four-year initial term with two-year renewal at DW's sole discretion. That just means Stephen's gonna work for DW for four years. Uh, and if it's going really well, DW can retain him for an additional two years. Two, uh, the fee. Remember, this is the, the minimum number uh, that we thought would get the conversation started with Stephen. $50 million for the initial term, plus $25 million for the renewal term, if extended, paid in monthly installments. Like I say, a, a pretty big number, uh, but we thought for a talent like Stephen, this is probably the, the minimum number that's going get, to get us in the door so that we can sit down and talk to him. Three, production costs. Uh, this is important. We've, we've never made a deal quite like the offer that we put in front of Steven because Steven, very independent guy. I mean, all of our talent have very independent voices. Obviously, we can't tell them what to say. You know, Candace says what she wants and Jordan Peterson says what he wants, Ben, Michael. Uh, but Steven has always built in this protection for himself that, that he wants to actually produce his content. He doesn't want, you know, most of, most of our guys, they come to the studio and we turn on the cameras. We point the cameras, we point the lights. Steven likes to do that with his own team uh, to just make doubly sure that no one's interfering with this content, not that we would. And so we anticipated that and we said, Crowder will bear the burden of production 
including all costs associated therewith, on all the content contemplated herein, except on the quarterly and annual content contemplated below. We'll we'll get to that part uh, a little bit later. It's kind of a novel concept. Uh, The quality of the production will be as good as or better than is currently existing content. This just, again, Stephen's going to produce his own content. It has to be as good as the stuff uh, that Stephen's audience has come to expect from him. Um, and that'll come out of the 50 million. So it's not like it's not like all of that 50 million goes right in Stephen's pocket. He's going to use some of it to pay for producers and, and studio space and camera uh, equipment and operators and lights, uh, just like we're going to use some of you know, the money that we make to pay for the infrastructure and the technology and the uh, marketing and the legal and all the other parts that go into making a successful business. Revenue collection that says we'll have the exclusive right to realize revenue in connection with all of his content and brand. We're paying you this guaranteed significant amount of money, $50 million. uh, And for that, one of the things we're buying is the content, but we're also buying the right to monetize the content so that we can have a chance of making some money and not just spending money. What is the content? First, we broke this into daily, monthly, quarterly, and annual content. The daily content is gonna be very obvious to you. He'll deliver a one and a half hour Louder with Crowder audio video show of a quality and kind consistent with the shows that he's currently producing four days a week. That's 192 original episodes a year if you factor in four weeks uh, of vacation, uh, including all ad reads and promotions as requested by us. So he's going to continue to produce his show, his his Louder with Crowder show, four days a week, 192 times a year. Uh, and that'll include us being able to put ads in it and promotions in it. They'll be filmed in studio daily, Monday through Thursday. At least one hour of them will be outside the paywall. That's much how Stephen already operates. That's the part that goes out on podcasting. It's the part that goes out on YouTube. It's the part that goes out on Rumble. And at least 30 minutes inside the D- the DW Plus paywall. So in the same way that right now he has his piss-off YouTube segment uh, that has historically been at uh, Blaze, well, he would still do that same kind of concept. 30 minutes of the show would now be behind our paywall. Uh, Crowder can bank or pre-record a limited number of episodes upon our approval and reasonable discretion. Um, days without new original episodes will be scheduled in advance subject to our reasonable approval. What's this about? Well, like, I like Crowder, you know, in addition to his four weeks uh, of vacation, there's just also going to be times where he, for whatever reason, maybe he's got a speech, maybe he's got a stand-up comedy gig somewhere around the country. If he were to come to us and say, hey, I can't really shoot a show on Thursday because I'm going to be doing this stand-up gig that's fine. Let's shoot two episodes on Tuesday and we'll roll one of them out on Thursday. It's just giving us all the the maximum flexibility to still make the episodes, but for Stephen to be able to live the other important parts of his life. 192 episodes. Uh, obviously, there are 260 work days in a year. Most Americans work 260 days a year minus 10. That's two weeks of vacation. So they work about 250 work days a year. And we're telling Stephen, you've got to produce 192. So already, even to say four weeks of vacation, um, you know, that that is probably above average, but it doesn't really capture the reality of this, which is there are going to be, you know, 60 days basically of the year where uh, Fridays, we call them, where Stephen basically doesn't have to produce uh, a show. And you may say, well, that's still a lot. And I know Stephen says that's more than even, you know, network TV would, uh, would ask for. Yeah, these are points that can be negotiated. I still think most people feel like you know, if you're only working four days a week uh, and you get four weeks off every year and you can pre-schedule even additional time to be traveling by banking episodes, you would at least say, you may think, well, he needed to negotiate that and get it down to 170 or something. Sure, I thought he would, but it's certainly not unfair to expect someone that is making $50 million 
over the next four years to you know work 192 days a year. That brings us to monthly content. Uh, what is monthly content? Well, you know at Daily Wire, our members uh, are entitled to an all-access uh, once a month with most of our talent. Uh, and that's where our members get to interact with them, sort of one-on-one, ask them questions. So we're saying once a month, he would have to do a 90-minute all-access and any promotions and ad reads that would go in that. Right now, there are no ad reads in all-access. But again, you're giving yourself, it's a four, possibly six-year deal. You're giving yourself a little latitude for things to change. Quarterly content. Uh, we asked that Stephen would produce one major promo video and photo shoot uh, coordinated by us for his content at the company. You know, we would want him to four times a year come in and make a, a very well-produced promo, very well, that gives us marketing assets to be able to go out and uh, and, and sell subscriptions, sell Mug Club, uh, sell any merch that we were doing with him, sell the, the entire idea of DW+, uh, and one backstage episode a quarter or other major live event and VIP experience. So, uh, and annual content. This was a new concept. We said that Stephen would do one feature-length entertainment special that's like a stand-up comedy special. And that Stephen would do one feature-length political special. And that's like um, a documentary, like What is a Woman? You know this is something we're doing with all of our talent now. Uh, you saw it first with What is a Woman with Matt. Uh, then in addition to his daily show, he, he brought us this amazing uh, documentary. Um, you saw it with Candace with Greatest Lie Ever Sold. Uh, and we've got a lot more projects like that in the work with our other talent now. It's really become an important part of our business model. Here's, here's the key, though. He doesn't have to pay for that out of his $50 million over the next four years, we would pay an additional amount every year for that. In the case of the of the political documentary, we'd give another $1.25 million of production costs. In the case of the entertainment, depends on how it breaks down, but we'd give between $500,000 and $2.5 million more. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about just this is more than eight figures over the four years in addition to the 50 over the next four years. Uh, and then E, additional Crowder content. What is this? I don't know, but presumably over the next four to six years, we might come up with other things that either he wants to do or we want to do. So we built a, a sort of catch-all bucket. If we and Crowder mutually agree to create additional content not currently contemplated, uh, then we'd pay him $15,000 a day for that shoot. And again, a lot of that would be days he was already shooting, so that's just a little extra money in his pocket if we do something extra. Uh, item six, the back catalog. Um, Crowder will license his entire back catalog including without limitation every past episode of Louder with Crowder to us during the term. Uh, that just means that all the episodes that already exist would also be behind our paywall during the term. At the end of the term, all of that content that we didn't actually pay for would revert to, to Crowder at the end of the term. But we would have it in the meantime. Seven, ad reads and promo reads. DW will have the exclusive right to sell ads on the Crowder content on all platforms, channels, websites, apps, widgets, pages, and lists owned branded or controlled by us, and on any Crowder-owned or controlled social channels, email lists, websites, etc., uh, including louderwithcrowder.com. Uh, and it says uh, remuneration for that is included in the fee. So what does this mean? Well, this is just how are we going to make, first, that at least bare minimum $50 million, and if you count the other things we were talking about, uh, $60 plus million, plus we knew he was going to negotiate, so you're probably talking about $70, $75 million, plus infrastructure, plus marketing. Uh, at least $100 million we would have ended up spending over the next four years. Well, how, how are we going to pay for all of that? Well, one way is we're going to sell ads uh, on all this content. And you know this is how we handle all of our shows. Uh, he has to, item B, Crowder will read the ad copy and promos as requested by us. 
though he'll have certain rights to disapprove of some ad sponsors um, in various for various reasons, right? He can approve to he can disapprove of like 10% of the ones we bring him. He can disapprove if he owns equity and a direct competitor of one of the advertisers that we bring him. But point D, if he doesn't read the requested ads within that framework, then the content that he made won't be counted as delivered under the contract because it's all fine and good that he made a piece of content, but if we can't make any money off of it, then we're just paying him so that he can make a show. We're not paying him so that we can participate in any of the success of that show. Eight, ownership. This is a very important point. Daily Wire will own all of the content created herein and will own all of the DW created channels and brands created by us during the term. And to be clear, we can exploit those channels, brands, and content in perpetuity at our sole discretion. What does this mean? Well, it means just like all of the back catalog that Crowder would would have been bringing over, we would have a license to have that all over at Daily Wire Plus during the four to six years that Crowder was here. But at the end of that four to six years, he would take all that content with him. A little bit different with the content that we're paying, you know, tens of millions of dollars for uh, during the course of, that content would always stay with us. We would have a sort of perpetual right to monetize that content even after Crowder would leave. And, you know, if if uh, Matt Walsh were to leave the Daily Wire, presumably at some date in the future, well, what does a woman would stay here? Because we paid for that. We paid for the marketing of it, the production of it. You know, we paid him for the time in which he created it. And so this contemplates something very similar. We would still have the right to the things that we make. As far as channels and brands, I'll get to that in just a minute because it's addressed more deeply as we go. Adaptation rights. All this says is that anything the Crowder says on any of this content, we can adapt it down into written content and put it up at uh, dailywire.com. So, you know, we already do a lot of this. You transcribe something that Ben says, you transcribe something that Michael Knowles says, and we can put that out as an article. They don't actually have to do the work of writing, rewriting their thoughts. 10, additional DW rights, merch rights. It says DW will maintain the exclusive right to create and sell Crowder and Crowder content branded merchandise. And the remuneration for that's already included in the in the feed. So one of the ways that we can make money, put ads in a show. One of the ways that we can make money, sell uh, subscriptions around his content. One of the ways that we can make money is be responsible for his merch. Now that, that would mean that we have to pay for the creation of the merch, pay for the marketing of the merch, but we would own the upside. Email list. DW will maintain the exclusive right to manage, grow, and monetize all Crowder email lists during the term. We have an enormous team here at The Daily Wire, and some of them full-time think about email. So that's a burden that we would take off of Stephen having to manage his own email list, just like we manage uh, and pay the expenses on the merch. But we'll we'll get the upside of that. Remember, we're we're trying to fill that 50, 60, 70, 100 million dollar hole and and to make profit. And the profit gets poured back in so that we can pay for all the infrastructure, all the technology and all the other ways that we're, that we're fighting the fight. Social media management. This one was very, something that Steven seemed particularly aggravated by in his video, although I, I don't understand why. Uh, it says, DW will have the exclusive right to manage, curate, and monetize his official Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Snapchat, Rumble, and other social media accounts, excluding his existing personal Twitter and Instagram accounts. So why, why would we exclude some but not exclude others? Well, we're saying that during the term, we have, of course, he puts his podcast on Apple Podcast. We're the ones monetizing the Apple Podcast. So this is just making clear that, yes, if yes, we're selling ads in his podcast, the podcast goes out on Apple, Apple Podcast, that revenue comes back to us. Uh, we, we put 
something up on Facebook, uh, same thing. We bring in ad revenue off of that Facebook piece of content, but we're going to own that during the term. Obviously, at the end of the term, he's going to get his official Facebook account back. He's going to get his official YouTube account back. He's going to get his official Apple podcast uh, channel back. But during the term, again, all those people behind us, we've got experts in every one of these platforms, how to optimize it, how to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. Uh, and we'll manage that and we'll collect the revenue. But not as Twitter and Instagram, because those are very personal channels. You can't manage someone's Twitter. I can't speak for Candace Owens. I can't speak for Ben Shapiro. Uh, if only I could, they I would like what they say a lot more. I mean, you know, as you know about Daily Wire, we, we have a lot of disagreements sometimes between our hosts. I, presumably, if I could control everything that they say, there'd never be any disagreements. They would just all be right all the time like I am. But that's not the case. We're saying, of course, he needs to control his own Twitter voice. Of course, he needs to include his own Instagram account. You know, we get this a lot where people are like, Jordan's Twitter has changed since he joined Daily Wire Plus. I have nothing to do with Jordan Peterson's Twitter account. I don't have login credentials for his Twitter account. I've never asked him to tweet anything or not tweet anything. That'd be way outside of the bounds of what's acceptable uh, because that's a very, the very personal medium, Twitter, very personal medium, uh, Instagram. It also says that we will have the perpetual and exclusive right to create, own, manage, curate, and monetize any and all social media accounts uh, that we create based on Crowder's content or shows. What's that about? Well, Crowder already has enormous social channels. He's got like 6 million YouTube followers or something. He's one of the biggest voices uh, in the movement. But what happens if we create a documentary like What is a Woman? Well, sure, you've got Matt's Facebook and Matt's uh, YouTube that are promoting what is a woman. But we may also want to build a Twitter account, you know, that is at what is a woman or uh, a YouTube account that's just for clips from what is a woman. Well, that doesn't, that wouldn't belong to Matt. That would belong to us because what is a woman belongs to us. And that's what this was meant uh, to say that all of the stuff that Crowder brings over, that's his louder with Crowder and all, you know, his louder with Crowder accounts, all of that. Well, that's his. We're going to manage it for him during the term. We're going to monetize it during the term. At the end of the term, all of that's going to go back to him. He said that was not what it says in in his video uh, that he released, but you can read right here. That's exactly, he gets all of, it's only during the term that we control that. But the things that we make based on the content that we make, well, that belongs to us because the content belongs to us. So those channels have to belong to us. Those would never match anything like the magnitude of the of the channels he's created for himself, obviously. Uh, 11, exclusivity. Should go without saying, if you're going to pay somebody $50 million, you're going to have exclusivity. They can't go make content uh, for people who compete with you. You don't pay someone to go work for the competition. Uh, but there's carve-outs. Of course, he can go do non-regular guest appearances if Tucker wants to have him on, uh, if Fox and Friends wants to have him on, if he wants to go do a hit with Glenn Beck or something. He can go do that. He should use good faith efforts to coordinate them with us. Uh, And this is important. See, he won't have the right to run any personal subscription or donation effort. He can't have a Patreon or a Locals or any sort of paid fan club while Mug Club is part of DW+. Right? We're we're the ones who are going to own subscription revenue during the term. So I think all this is very fair and very obvious to anyone. You wouldn't pay somebody $50 million uh, to then compete you know, compete with, have them work for your competitor and you wouldn't pay them $50 million to have them compete directly against you. Now, here's this section that I know Stephen was very offended by um, and I think he I think he misunderstood and therefore misrepresented. Fee reductions. 
There's a different fee reduction for all those kinds of contents we created. Daily content. If he fails for any reason to deliver 192 episodes of The Daily Show, or if he fails to include the ads that we agreed to or the promotions that we agreed to in those episodes, then we'll give a $100,000 reduction uh, every time. What's that about? Well, again, you can't pay someone any amount of money, but you certainly can't pay them an unimaginably huge amount of money for their show and then not get the show. So what this is saying is you, you don't have to produce a show every day. You don't have to produce 260 or 250 or 240 or 230 or 220 or 210 episodes a year. You got to produce 192 episodes a year. You can film some of them in advance. You can stack them up. All of that's contemplated in there. Uh, you could shoot on a Friday so that you can take two days off next week. But if you don't give us 192 episodes, we we can't pay you the same amount of money as if you did give us 192 episodes. So this is just, yeah, you give us 192 uh, times four minus one, then out of your 50 million, we're hitting minus 100,000. Steven said that this was unfair, that he that if he had a sick day or got in a car wreck, we'd dock him $100,000. But uh, I think that's just totally ina- inaccurate for two reasons. One, uh, presumably if he was sick this Tuesday, he could just shoot an episode next Friday and you'd be completely even. He's got an awful lot of extra time in the year to shoot these additional Uh, to shoot any episodes to make up. And second of all, it's actually contemplated a little bit later uh, what happens if there's a disability. In fact, we'll just skip right to it. It's it's item E. In the event of temporary disability or serious illness that prevents Crowder from performing, the fee will be reduced on a pro rata basis, not subject to the fee reduction mentioned above. What does that mean? Well, instead of a sort of punitive fee because he's choosing not to do the right thing, in that situation, you'll just reduce it by dividing the total amount of money contemplated you know, by the number of episodes, just subtract that, which I think is, again, incredibly fair. If if you're being paid a dollar for every box you deliver, you deliver 10 boxes, you get $10. If you deliver nine boxes, you get $9. That's a different concept than if you, if you just choose not to deliver it, in which case we're going to subtract a little bit extra. And again, you pay somebody $50 million, you should get the work. Monthly and quarterly content, Well, this is more valuable content and there's less of it, so the fee is higher, $250,000 if he misses that kind of content. Annual content, well, this is the most important, most expensive content. If you were supposed to have done a complete documentary this year and you didn't deliver it, well, we're gonna subtract a million dollars because that's one of the most important uh, high-value pieces of content that we asked you to make that year. And then Deed just says reset, the fee reduces each calendar uh, year, so you know, every year you kind of start over, you start over fresh. Uh, That brings us to 13, reduction of fee from lost revenue or boycotts. Again, this is one of the points that Stephen really focused on. He says we're enforcers for big tech, that we're doing big tech bidding, that we're punishing content creators uh, if they run afoul of big tech. And first of all, that's just personally incredibly offensive. It's incredibly offensive to have your friend and ally uh, in, in 10 years of fighting this fight uh, alongside one another, coming up together, uh, say that you're not sufficiently conservative. Say that you're, you're. I think he said in the video that we're worse than the left. That we're that we're um, doing harm to the to the conservative audience and harm to the country. Uh, that we're not sufficiently at odds with big tech. You know, obviously that's ridiculous. You'll see that it's ridiculous as we go through this, and I explain it. Uh, it should be. It's absurd on its face. We get content strikes all the time. We get demonetized all the time. We get shadow banned all the time, just like all conservatives do. Uh, we're 
investing tens of millions of dollars every year into technology to try to create alternatives, that, that's a long-term project. No one has built anything. Rumble is not a true competitor to YouTube yet. I hope that they become one. But right now, YouTube has many billions of people use YouTube uh, and many millions of people use Rumble. It's a long-term investment to build these alternatives and Daily Wire Plus is an alternative platform but right now, we all still are dependent for getting our message out uh, to have access to big tech and to, to monetize our content. We have to have access to big tech. That's where the audience is, and it's where the money is. It's also where Steven Crowder has made his entire name. He's the biggest conservative YouTube star of all time. You know, he, he put out his video criticizing us in this contract as not being sufficiently uh, conservative. The, the number one place people will view it is on YouTube. And that's not wrong. That's where people are. That's, of course they're going to watch it on YouTube. Of course he's going to put it out on YouTube. That's where the audience is. Now, Stephen might respond by saying, yes, but I don't make any money off of YouTube. I have been demonetized there. Uh, and that's a point that we'll talk about here. Uh, nevertheless, obviously, you and I and everyone else, when we go to YouTube to watch Stephen Crowder, Stephen Crowder may be demonetized and he may not make any money. YouTube, though, still makes money off of us. And so in that way, Steven is still driving, he's still driving success for YouTube. It's unfortunate that YouTube has chosen to cut him out of participating in that success. In fact, in fact, I think YouTube is utterly wrong. The only time I've ever talked to the CEO of YouTube, it was to criticize her for her treatment of Steven Crowder. I, I didn't even talk to her about the Daily Wire. I had nothing to say uh, at that moment about Daily Wire, but at that time they had demonetized Steven. Uh, and I used my one audience with one of the most powerful CEOs in the world uh, to tell her that what she was doing to Stephen Crowder was absolutely unethical and wrong. So what were we trying to accomplish with this section? Well, let's go through it. The reduction of fee from lost revenue, from boycotts, content strikes, or bans from major social media platforms. A, ad drop. If Crowder is boycotted or dropped by more than 50% of his then extant advertising partners, that is, if 50% of the money that he's making from advertisers is suddenly gone and we're not able to replace that revenue within 90 days, then his fee will be reduced by 25% until such time as the ad revenue has been restored for a period of 90 days, and then it would all reset. Steven says, all the left does is boycott our advertisers, so this just says to the left, uh, your boycotts work and we'll enforce it for you. We will punish the content creator for you. But this isn't about punishing the content creator. This is about if the Daily Wire is going to leverage I can't say, I can't stress it. Probably a hundred million dollars by the time you have marketing and infrastructure costs, by the time you pay for all the legal compliance, all the technology that it takes to support Stephen Show and Stephen Show, even at the price that we offered for it, which he would have wanted much more, at least a hundred million dollars. Uh, obviously, if the show makes dramatically less money, well, then Stephen has to make less money because we're making less money. And I brought this up to Stephen uh, on the phone, and, and I said, Stephen, if, uh, if your show, if we guarantee you $1, $1 for your show, and the show makes $1 in ad revenue and $1 in subscription revenue, then how does, it, how does the money work? Well, it works that $2 come in, you get your guaranteed dollar, we get a dollar. What do we do, what do you do with your dollar? Well, you produce your show and you pay yourself. What do we do with our dollar? Well, we market your show, provide all the back-end infrastructure, uh, pay for the 250 
plus humans who work to make all of this continue to grow. By the way, we don't pay for one single person more than we need. Uh, there's no charity jobs. We're not giving our money away. Uh, if, if anything, we're understaffed by 50%. We ask more of our employees than any other company probably in America today. We drive people incredibly hard because our resources are limited and because we're trying to accomplish so much for our values, for our movement. Uh, so we pay for that out of our dollar and then we pay ourselves. But, you know, that's how that's how it works. I said, if the next day, one of the dollars, the ad dollar goes away, now what happens? Should it be that you said something on your show that caused that one dollar to go away? Uh, now, you keep your one dollar and we make zero? I said, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, obviously, you would have to lose a little and we would have to lose a little. I said, we're trying to sort of emulate the idea of a joint venture. And Stephen said, no, you should lose all the money. It's your business. And I said, well, Stephen, how, how would we have a business? Why, why would we be in business? Uh, and how would we stay in business? And Stephen, this is a very important point. Stephen, again, I think the most entertaining, uh, talented person in the conservative movement, I think one of the most entertaining and talented people in entertainment generally in the country today, has, has created a very successful content generation company, a very successful production company. But Stephen's never had to create the company that actually distributes, markets, and monetizes all of that content. You know, he talks in his video about being one of the only true independent conservative voices. Uh, and I find that incredibly offensive. You know, Stephen, the whole time I've known him, has worked for someone else, uh, has been paid by someone else. That doesn't mean other people tell him what to say. He's a very independent voice, and, and that's good. So is Matt Walsh. So is Candace Owens. So is Ben Shapiro. So is Michael Knowles. So is uh, Brett Cooper. Uh, but Stephen, you know, as much or more than any of them, a very independent voice. But he's not exactly a self-made man. That, that's not true. He, he was paid by PJTV when I met him, which was owned by a billionaire at the time. Then he was paid by CRTV for a number of years, which was owned by a billionaire uh, at the time. Then he was paid by The Blaze, which was subsidized by a billionaire, uh, until Tyler Carden, one of the real genius businessmen in our movement, turned the company around and, and made it profitable. Uh, during all of that time, Stephen drove a ton of revenue. He was, he's incredibly valuable. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't driving uh, value. He was. I'm only saying he didn't have to build all of that. He didn't have to think about it. And he didn't necessarily have to be profitable. And he doesn't know for a fact that he was profitable. Because as he has said very publicly, all those companies, none of them really shared all the information about what was happening with them. So Stephen feels very certain that his show was always profitable but he doesn't know that his show was profitable. And even if it was, what became of that profit? Most of that profit almost certainly was reinvested into growing the infrastructure and growing the technology and growing the marketing and growing the compliance. That's how business works. And if you're going, if you're the Daily Wire, we're a very successful company um, by conservative media standards, and we're a tiny fraction of the smallest uh, legacy media company. If we're gonna make one of the biggest investments we've ever made in talent, which is what we were offering Crowder here, an amount of money that puts all of our investments at risk. I mean, if it doesn't work, you're not gonna be able to make that kids entertainment content. You're not gonna be able to make that, uh, those movies and TV shows. You're not gonna be able to continue uh, to do things like sue the federal government to stop the VAX mandate. You're not gonna be able to do things like deploy investigative journalists 
uh, to Virginia where they uncover the Loudon story that changes the course of a gubernatorial election. All of that takes resources. When you leverage 50, 60, 70, 100 million dollars, uh, you're taking an enormous risk. You're putting all of that at risk. You don't do it cavalierly. You do it because you believe, and I do, that Stephen is worth it, that he's incredibly valuable. But it is still a huge risk. There's also a time factor. He might drive all that revenue, but what if it takes a year or even 18 months to bring over those Mug Club subscribers, to get those advertisers spending, right? Well, you're losing eight figures a year in the interim while you're, or seven figures a year in the interim while you're doing that. So you can't just say, we're going to pay you $50 million even if the show doesn't bring in any money. That's not punishment. First of all, 25, $50 million minus 25% is not punishment by the standards of any human being in the world today, right? That's not punishment. That's just reality. He would still be being paid millions and millions of dollars, and we would be actively working with all those people that we're paying out of our cut to go find new advertisers to replace it, at which point he would be making his money again. Same with the content strike. If any major platform, YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, issues a content strike such that Crowder's content cannot be monetized on the platform, then... Again, there's this 90-day concept, and again, there's this 25% reduction. Now, Stephen, when I spoke to him, he was very upset. He said, I've already been demonetized on YouTube. That's the kind of thing in a negotiation. You scratch through that with your red pen, and you say, Stephen's already been demonetized from YouTube, so we can't start the deal at minus 25. You have to already have anticipated that, and that would have been fine. That's just a, that's just a very common. But if he were making a significant portion of his revenue on YouTube, and he lost that revenue, it's not punishing him to say you will make less. We're all going to make less. The real punishment would be if we took all the hit, continued to pay him guaranteed money, whether his show makes money or not, and then we lose the business as a result. And now no one pays Steven anything and no one releases Steven's content. He has to go build it all from scratch in crisis. Ban. The Crowder content cannot be released on any of the major platforms because of his content being banned from those platforms. Then we'll reduce the fee if YouTube 20, if Apple 20, if Facebook 10, if Spotify 10. Same kind of concept. If the content simply cannot appear and therefore cannot not only be used for marketing, cannot be used to grow the brand, also can't be monetized, well, we can't pay him the same as if it was. If you're making 25% of your money on YouTube uh, and now YouTube is permanently gone, we, you can't make that money anymore. It's not punishment. And this is really what it comes down to. Stephen's philosophy seems to be I deserve to be paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, whether my show drives the revenue or not. That's not a business relationship. That, he's not looking for a business relationship. He's looking for a benefactor. The Daily Wire is not a nonprofit. We, we aren't benefactors. We're, we're a business. Uh, we, we only get to eat what we kill. And, you know, at the very beginning, we thought maybe we could do like a joint venture with Stephen where we have the same relationship. There's no guarantee of money. And if there's more money, he gets a cut. And if there's less money, he gets a cut. Uh, but we knew, no, Stephen, at his level, you know, his history, his his um, his experience, he's, he just needs a big guarantee. He's earned it. But we still have to replicate in the deal some measure of that shared responsibility. And that's all this was meant to accomplish. You say, well, it's the same in the end anyway, because you're still telling him, if you say something YouTube doesn't like, we're taking away your money. Well, no, if, if YouTube would be the one taking away the money. We're just saying that we can't bear the entire brunt of that. But it's even, I think what Stephen's uh, 
Suggesting here is kind of even more disingenuous than that, because I actually kind of came up with this whole concept by watching Steven Crowder. I mean, I mentioned it before. Steven created this idea of piss-off YouTube segment at Mug Club. And I saw it and thought it was genius. What does it mean? It means Steven can go on YouTube, speak to a huge audience. In fact, most of his audience, that's where they engage with him, right? The subscribers are a very small percentage of Steven's audience. Mug Club is a very small percentage of his audience. YouTube is the vast, overwhelming majority of Steven's audience. Uh, he can go on there and he can be risque and he can, he can do what he wants to do, but he, but he can be calculated too. And he can say, there are some things that I simply can't say here because these bastards hate free speech. For those things, come over to Mug Club and become a subscriber. And then for 30 minutes a day at The Blaze, he could say whatever he wanted. And I thought that was a genius thing and I implemented it at Daily Wire because I was inspired by Stephen, who again, very talented guy, very smart guy. This is just meant to say the same thing. Hey, I want you to be thoughtful about what you say on the free part of the show. Doesn't mean I want you to say things that aren't true. Doesn't mean I want you to say things you don't believe. Doesn't mean I want you to bend the knee to big tech. What it means is, I want you to preserve the revenue as best you can, preserve the audience as best you can, and then tell people there's a reason we're building these multi, 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 multi-million dollar platforms. Uh, there's a reason we have subscribers. It's so that there is a place where they can't take our voice away. They can't tell us what to say. So what should he do? He should go on YouTube. He should talk about the things that uh, he talks about. And then he should say, listen, there's some new study came out about uh, the COVID vaccine, and I want to talk about it, but these bastards at YouTube won't let me. Come over to Mug Club at Daily Wire Plus. Go over there and talk about it. And in that way, we keep we keep growing his brand, bigger and bigger audience, more and more people. We have those revenue opportunities, and Stephen is free to say the things that he wants to see. I don't know why when he read this, he couldn't see that. I don't know why when we talked about it after the fact, and he was very upset with me, he couldn't see it. But I find it deeply offensive that he won't give me the benefit of the doubt, and even more offensive that he felt that he needed to air uh, our disagreement about this section publicly. Uh, Stephen's my friend. I, he's my ally. That's, it's just a low move, and I know, I'm sure he thinks he's standing on principle. The problem is, you might even think that, first of all, friendship is a principle. You might think, yeah, but some things have to be more important in the public space than friendship. I don't know if that's true, but let's say that it is true. You have to be right if you're going to burn one of your friends the way that Stephen burned us. And Stephen is wrong. I am not an enforcer for big tech. I am trying to maximize the reach and revenue of my hosts and my company because no company spends more money than the Daily Wire directly marketing its talent. We spend tens of millions of dollars every year helping our talent grow marketing our talent with real dollars. We spend tens of millions more building technology, tens of millions more on staff and support, building expertise so that we can over time build a completely parallel system, a completely parallel economy. That is not a day's work. That is a generation's work. That is the work that we are engaged in. That's why we've had so many successes. You have been with us for so many of those successes. And I feel like Crowder really threw us under the bus and cheapened that and discredited all of it in saying that we're enforcers for the very people who hate us, the very people who shadow ban us and demonetize us and give content strikes against us all the time. When all we're saying is, no, let's be smart about how we fight them.
The rest of this document, you're welcome to read it. Uh, it's just legalese, and what it says is, if we decide to move forward, this isn't the whole document. We're gonna have to have a longer document. We're gonna have to negotiate these topics. Confidentiality. We're not gonna tell people about uh, the deal. He didn't sign this, so he doesn't have those confidentiality uh, requirements, although I certainly expected some political, or uh, I guess personal and professional courtesy of him not uh, going and reaming us publicly for making him an offer that he didn't like. I don't owe Stephen a job, and Stephen doesn't owe me a show. We opened up a conversation in good faith. We made an offer. He didn't like it. Now he's burning us. That brings me actually to what happened after. I sent this over. I did get on the phone with Stephen. Normally, this is the stage where you say, I like this. I don't like that. Red line, red line, red line, and we move closer together. Instead, Stephen said, I'm not going to red line this. I'm not going to have my agent respond. This deal is garbage. You need to start completely over. I said, well, I'd like to talk through why we do it. And he listened for a little bit, and he said, well, you're just wrong. You don't know anything about business. My business model is the right business model. Uh, and of course, that's unfair because Stephen hasn't run this part of a business before. Stephen likes to say, I'm only on the air because of Mug Club. But Stephen couldn't tell me how many subscribers he had. I said, how many subscribers do you have at the place? He, he said, I don't know. They don't tell me. And, that, and I'm sure that's true. He said, but I'm confident. I guarantee you it'll be 350000 on day one with no marketing. I hope that's true. But I can't take that risk. I've never seen that to be true. I've never launched any talent with $0 spent on marketing and picked up a third of the total subscribers that the entire Daily Wire has built in eight years in business. I hope I hope Stephen's right. I hope he makes unseemly amounts of money and is able to continue being an important voice in the movement for years and years to come. But that's not a risk that I could take. Stephen implied that he not only didn't like this $12.5 million a year number that I offered him, but that he thought it should be closer to $30 million a year. That's $120 million over four years just for Stephen's show. I would still have to spend those tens of millions of dollars uh, every year that I told you about on things like marketing and infrastructure and technology to support the show, the part that Stephen's never done. As soon as he said that, I knew we'll never get to a deal. I can't, I can't guarantee $30 million a year I didn't know how I was going to pay for 50. I thought, not that he isn't worth it, but that's a big risk. $120 million is an incalculable risk for a company uh, our size. And again, I'm not saying Stephen isn't worth it. I hope he is. I hope he builds his own business. He'll make a ton of mistakes. He'll find out that he's wrong about a lot of how the business world works. He'll learn and he'll grow because he's a smart, talented guy. Uh, and I hope he gets to a place where he's proving me wrong and he's making all that money. But that just was not a deal that the Daily Wire could possibly make. And we'd have to pay it even if he lost all the revenue, or even if he lost enormous chunks of the revenue. It was just an impossible situation. And so Stephen said, we're gonna throw this deal out, I'm not even gonna mark it up, I'm not gonna negotiate it, start over, send me a new deal. And because of his talent and because of our friendship, I thought about it for a minute, talked to my partners about it for a few minutes. And I just realized what I already knew in my heart, which is Stephen's not a team player. That's not a knock. He has an enormous individual talent. But he's not going to be happy unless he's out on his own. So I called him up. I said, hey, we're not going to send a follow-up offer. I want you to hear it directly from me, not from lawyers and agents. I said, but the kind of deal you're looking for is not the kind of deal that we can make. He was super gracious, uh, appreciative, kind. We agreed to continue forward as we always had as friends. We do favors for each other. I told him, if you stay at the Blaze or if you go off on your own, go to Rumble, go wherever, 
we're going to continue to write stories about you and promote you and have you on. Like, you know, we want you to be as successful as humanly possible. And we want to contribute to that. And we went our separate ways. And months went by. October goes by, November goes by, December goes by. And then a week ago, in January, Stephen called me. And he said, hey man, uh, I can't unsee this contract that you sent me. I said, well, it's not a contract, it's a non-binding term sheet, it's a conversation starter, but okay. And he told me his perspective on it, that we were not paying him what he's worth, uh, that we don't understand his great business mind, and that he's it's going to go exactly the way, he, the way that he thinks, and we're all going to be proven wrong. I said, again, I hope that's true, Stephen, but that's not a risk I can take. And then he said, and you're just an enforcer for big tech. You're hurting young talent. I said, well, Stephen, first of all, no two talent in our company have the same deal. Every deal is different because there's different circumstances. This is the kind of deal you make to protect a nine-figure investment. You can't pay nine figures in expenses even if the revenue dries up. That, that isn't possible. It's not prudent, but it also isn't possible. And he wouldn't let it go. He was very angry. And uh, I got very flustered. I didn't expect him to be calling and laying into me the way he was. I'd never experienced it before. Uh, I didn't make the best defense of uh, the deal that I probably could have because I was so caught off guard. I mean, I made a, a decent defense of the structure of it, but, uh, but I was really taken aback. Uh, and then I told him, well, I'll take it under consideration, bud. Uh, and we got off the phone. And then I wake up yesterday, uh, and he puts out this video laying into us the way that he did. And, you know, he redacted parts of the document. He didn't name us by name. And I'm sure on some level that was meant as a courtesy. But all it really did was create suspicion in our audience. I know a lot of you have been out there defending us, saying, well, this couldn't have possibly been the Daily Wire. And I don't want to be the guy who, three weeks later... Steven or someone else says that it was the Daily Wire and you feel betrayed. Like, why'd these guys leave me out to dry? Uh, I appreciate your impulse to defend us, but we don't need to be defended. This is a fair offer. It's an offer that would have been negotiated. I would have paid him more. The fees would have been lower. Fee would have gone up. Uh, penalties would have gone lower. Number of work days probably would have shrank. He would have done a little bit less content and we would have inched our way like this, either to a deal or not to a deal. Uh, that's not how Steven chose to operate. Uh, and now we find ourselves here where we're having this public dispute. I'm having a public dispute with my friend of the last decade, which is uh, one of the saddest things I've ever faced in, uh, in public and professional life. It's just a horrible thing. But I do owe it to those of you who are out there defending us. I owe it to Daily Wire Plus subscribers to say, yeah, it's our. it was our offer. I'm proud of the offer. I think it was innovative. I think it was meant to make sure that we could mutually succeed. I don't need to tell you that we're committed to fighting the left. We fight the left as hard as anyone. You might say, well, you guys are wrong sometime. Ben was wrong about this one time, and you were wrong about that one time. And yeah, we, we don't claim to not make mistakes. This actually isn't one of our mistakes. This is a great, respectable offer that we made to a good friend of ours, a mega talent, uh, and now it's been misconstrued and is being wielded against us kind of as a cudgel. Uh, and so just wanted to be transparent with you about it. I'm proud of the deal. I'm proud of what we do at The Daily Wire. I'm proud of the fact that we publish diverse voices that don't always agree with each other, and that means that you're not always going to agree with everything that every one of us says. Every, But I can tell you with a clear face, I'll put our conservative bona fides up against anybody. I'll put our uh, hard work, determination, and success rate up against 
anybody. And I'll put our audience and our fans and our Daily Wire Plus members up against anybody, any day. We are moving the ball forward. It's unfortunate that Stephen said otherwise. So what should you do? Should you run over and cancel your Mug Club subscription? Should you go attack Stephen in the comments? Should you? No, none of that. In fact, if you're not a subscriber to Mug Club, you should head over to mugclubforever.com right now and subscribe. Stephen's one of the most important voices and most talented voices in the movement today. We need him to succeed. We need him to be big. We need his, whatever he does next, to be huge. You just need to know that he was wrong about this. You need to know that we didn't betray you. We didn't betray the conservative movement. We didn't. We won't. We'll keep fighting. And with your help, we'll keep winning. They don't get deals that... They should be wage slaves for a little bit. Come over and make a salary and grow their brand. They should be wage slaves for a little bit. They should be wage slaves for a little bit. God bless the talk boy. Those things are worth like $5,000 now. It's an expensive gag. Um, So didn't want to have to do this, but Daily Wire out of themselves very, very quickly. And sure enough, if you see all of the people who who work there, um, some of whom I have relationships with, uh, they immediately tried to make this all about money. Here's the problem. There are a few problems. And I'll go through with some receipts. Um, Everything that was said about negotiations, how they transpired, beyond the numerical value, which is true and I'll get to, uh, everything else is untrue. I don't really want to get into that. It's completely irrelevant. Here's why. Go back to the 20-something minute video, 30-minute video. You've never heard me say or write anywhere online that these offers weren't paying enough money. Why? Because it's not about the money. It's, it's, it's kind of unreal to me that the only thing these people can still talk about is the money. The conversation was about conservatism, the movement, and big tech. They keep talking about money. I'm talking about a country. I'm talking about a movement. I'm talking about making a difference. It's not about the money. And Jeremy and the Daily Wire know that. How do I know they know that? Because after, according to what he said, you know, I walked away from the offer. I did place one more call to the Daily Wire. And I made it very, very clear that it wasn't about money. That was not the topic of conversation. There was zero, as they've tried to portray this, miscommunication. It was one last call where the only thing that I asked for, my only demand, was their word, and not even for me, but for other people coming up facing these kinds of contracts. Let's say it's a kid who comes in with 500,000 YouTube subscribers or something like that, 100,000. Let's say it's some other kid you're paying... You're paying six figures to come in and do it. There's there's not the penalty of the demonetization or if they're removed from iTunes, Apple, YouTube. Yeah, sure there would be. And here's something else. I was also very measured. I was painstakingly clear in taking myself off the table because it wasn't going to be a right fit. That happens in business all the time. But that we weren't talking about me We were talking about the futures of other people who could potentially be in that position, that very disconcerting position. No miscommunication. 
What I'm talking about is you're describing a model for everyone, a model for everyone, not just let's get, get rid of me here. Everyone, if there's a penalty for being demonetized on YouTube, because your business model requires that be a huge component of it, you need to change your business model or this movement cannot work, Jeremy. We, I can't imagine my show trying to come up and be beholden to YouTube advertiser guidelines, let, al let alone, I mean, honestly, being beholden from a conservative entity with hard strikes, right? Being removed, but let alone being advertiser friendly. We know how broad those guidelines are. They, they might as well just read, don't say anything offensive, and they change them at the drop drop of a hat. I'm not suggesting that the, that the uh, guidelines aren't terrible. I'm suggesting that if making money off of those platforms is part of how you're justifying the salary you're paying someone, then when, or the fee you're, oh, I keep saying salary, the fee you're paying someone, then when those go away, everybody loses money. You can't pay the same amount with less revenue. How about you create a different business model? Now, I, I, I know what some of you are thinking, of course, telling someone else, hey, hey, change your business model. I, I get it. I'm in no position to say that unless instead of Monday morning quarterbacking it, um, here's the thing. I didn't just offer criticisms. I offered a guide on how to, here, here's the deal. I, I want to sit at the table with people who granted have an immense amount of power and have incredibly deep pockets. That is all true, to be clear. And by the way, it's something that I want to have on our side of the aisle. But I offered a guide on how to do it. It is incumbent, this is what this is about. It is incumbent upon conservatives, if we believe what we say, to uncouple, to divest, if you wanna use that term, from big tech, right? For the business models of the movement as we move forward to not rely on playing ball with Facebook and with YouTube, that is something that we have to move toward. You know that we've been trying to do that here for years. That's why every single show we say, hey, if you can watch on Rumble, please do so. We're not looking to be banned on YouTube, but at least we, we certainly won't compromise the truth um, in order to be advertiser friendly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Daily Wire, Jeremy, and I really do hope that we can talk at some point. Please, you can pick up the phone. We've done that. We here have found a way to make that work. For proof, see election night, our numbers on Rumble there, and see the numbers on Rumble when we get suspended from YouTube. I think it was four times this last year, and I went to great lengths to communicate that to the people at Daily Wire. There can be no next me if the people at the top with, with you know, the financial resources are, are doing the bidding. That's that's being the arm of big tech. What you just said is, well, we have to play ball with big tech if we want to make money. Well, I don't. Why don't you guys follow a model like I have and scale it? That's that's what I've been doing since 2014. You know that has been trying to make sure, which I thought we were all doing, that we can all flip the bird to Silicon Valley. This is saying we we need him and you need to play ball. And by the way, before some of you ask for this, um, Look, there's always personal information uh, on, on phone calls. And uh, for the record, I've recorded three people on phone calls in my life. All three are involved with big tech. Just to be clear, the entire call transcript has been sent to others to verify without hopefully having to release the whole thing. Um, and I'll be on uh, Tim Pool's show, I believe, on Monday to talk about it. Now, this is something else that's been brought to my attention. Uh, that, uh, you know, look, some people have been sent out from, from Daily Wire and have gotten very, you know, very personal. 
obviously when we released this video, we, we didn't name names. And I told you there are a lot of people in the space who have made offers. And it is true. There are quite a few. And there are some others that have been pretty similar to this. This isn't um, an incredibly unique scenario, but there have been some good people out there too. And we're still talking with them. So I do know that some people from Daily Wire have sort of have come out, maybe been instructed to. I have no idea. I don't care. Uh, and they've gotten very personal. I don't want to do that. At least I didn't want to. But now it's sort of necessary for me to do so. Um, so these are the only personal things I will say about the people at Daily Wire. Uh, Andrew Claven is one of my favorite people of all time. He has an unbelievable skill to make you feel like the smartest guy in the room, even though I guarantee you he's smarter than you. There are very few people whose company I enjoy more than Andrew Claven. Jordan Peterson is not only a friend, I would go to the wall for him. He's a guy who has changed the landscape of our country for the better. Can't say enough good things about him. Ben Shapiro is possibly the smartest person I know. That's as personal as I'll get. Now, here's the thing. Only after that final call, after negotiations had followed through, uh, pleading on the side of principle and knowing that it was completely met with deaf ears, did I come out like I did? See, here's the thing, Daily Wire, they keep talking about a business. Well, I walked away from the table because I'm talking like it's about a country, about a movement. And this is the thing, the response that I've heard over the years, it's not just now. I've been doing this for a long time. You constantly hear, it's just business. It's just business. Well, guess what? It's not to me. Sure, I run a business, but it's not just business. And let me ask you, when have you ever heard someone say it's just business? when they're doing the right thing. Ever hear someone give $250,000 to charity and say it's just business? And here's something that I would like to ask you, because I know that they've tried to play the identity politics and you know, misrepresent the whole uh, financial situation. But yeah, over the course of four or five years, the total operational budget, meaning 25, 30 employees, all of the costs, security, health insurance, would have been somewhere in the, uh, the, the $50 million ballpark. Uh, for that total operational budget. That is true. Okay. First off, I think it's a good thing for conservative companies out there to be gener generating or capable of generating far more than that. And it'd be better than just Disney and just Netflix and just Hulu Plus. And I'd like the people who are in charge of that to be people who are willing to walk away from that if it comes with strings attached, with people who hate everything you stand for. So let's take that at face value, okay? I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? Put yourself in my shoes. What would it take? How much do your principles matter to you? What kind of a headspace would you have to be in to walk away full stop from $50 million? Let me ask you even further. What would it take for you to be willing to walk away from at least $50 million because of it causing harm to someone else, it doesn't even affect you. But the next kid, I've talked about this, you know, you have it in comedy. I don't, I'm never going to be the guy who pulls the ladder up after me. What motivates me is not money. Of course, everyone here likes nice things. They want to make a living. You've heard me say this many times. I want to pass the torch. I want there to be someone else to do this. It can't happen if this is how our movement is structured. And, and you know that, by the way, 
This could do irreparable damage to the movement, the country, and the people who've fought so hard for the ground gained if we've decided to get in bed with these people who want to strip it away. I'm asking, would you walk away? What would it take for you to walk away from $50 million? Because it's true. That's exactly what I did. It's exactly what I'm doing. And so long as these contracts out there include enforcement of big tech, of punishing conservative creators on behalf of the people we claim to fight and the people who have long since demonetized us and can't stand me, and part of me doesn't blame them. As long as these contracts include that, not even for me, but the next person, I wouldn't take a billion dollars. And certainly not if you understand in context when behind closed doors, I know and these people know and acknowledge exactly what's being done to the next generation of creators. Bench talent, young talent, they don't get deals like this. So they, get, they don't get deals they, they, that... They can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. That you then own. Well, I own parts of it. I don't own it. They can, when their contract's up, they can still go out and they'll still be famous. They can keep doing their show, so go do a show somewhere else. They'll be in a far, far, far better place. You helped make them. No, not long enough. This contract, this contract owns it in perpetuity even after the contract. You're paying a lease but getting ownership. That's what this contract is. On the content that we paid to produce, yes. You know, look, I understand there are going to be differing opinions on this. I understand that. Um, as someone who does run a business and has to 20, I think maybe 25 employees, I don't know, we're expanding. Um, I understand people run businesses differently and have different priorities. Here's the thing. I, I would genuinely still, Daily Wire, Jeremy, love to sit down at the table and explain to you how you can make all of this work, how you can scale what we do and not have to be beholden to the people who... We, we all go out and claim that we're fighting, and especially with all of the financial resources that you have, which, by the way, are very impressive. And by the way, uh, since fielding requests for people who've sent this in uh, under, uh, who, you guys are under these kinds of contracts, right? You've sent in your emails. If you're looking uh, to either join a network or looking to navigate these contracts, we've been flooded. I'm going to try and get to all of you. But here's the thing. Let me give you my word right now. My word. Everyone, you can timestamp it. Call me on it. Here at Mug Club, we will never take any ownership over your social media platforms or your channels, and I don't want a dime ever of your YouTube revenue. You make your own decision as to whether you want to be monetized or not. Some people want to, some people don't. I just have a problem with requiring that you do and penalizing you if you don't. And to Daily Wire, to the rest of the people out there, give me a call and look, let me put it this way. If you give me your word, this is all that matters here. Just give me your word that there will never be a clause in a contract again for some unsuspecting kid or someone who doesn't have the luxury to walk away from $50 million, as I did. True, guilty as charged. Give me your word that you will not penalize them 25% for demonetization, another 20% for a strike, another 20% for Facebook, Spotify, Apple, up to 80%. Just give me your word that that clause, 
that that spirit will not be in any contract sent out to anyone else who's at the front lines fighting for this country, and we're done. All of this stops right now. You will never hear from me again. I will go out and sing your praises. You can pick up the phone. You have my word. That's all it is. That's all this is about. In the interim, to everyone else, stopbigcon.com, be a signatory. I'll see you uh, Monday. Tim Pool. Let's jump into this first story. We have this uh, stopbigcon.com. Yeah. Louder with Crowder, stop BitCon, stay in Mug Club, or join a new, enter your email below. So let's let's get started and talk about, uh, from the beginning, mm-hmm. you, uh, uh, most people are familiar with the story. Yeah. I want to make sure as we get this started, I'll, I'll make this, I want to make sure there's important uh, contextual understanding. People have asked why it's so important that, uh, and why, why, is so, why, why is everybody interested in the story? Why have we talked about it so much? First, I will say, well, I'm biased. I worked for big corporations. I've run my own company. I have uh, this this passion for how the media companies operate, how I operate my media company, my vision for the future. And I know so much about this. It's something I care about. When I hear about it, I'm just driven to want to understand more, talk about it, share these ideas. But it's more than just that. I just want to make sure that my bias is clear. It's that I, for one, have taken issue with the establishment media, the establishment, media, the, the traditional media systems, how they operate with contracts. And so trying to build something different I see what uh, what Crowder an- announced and what he's talking about, and yeah. I, I ideologically agree. So this could this this conversation could change the shape of how media moves forward as the corporate media system is dying, firing people, laying people off, and an independent ecosystem is emerging with these these networks. Which which form is it going to take? It could it could it could go completely corporate, it could go completely independent, it could be a mix of both. But this is a conversation that is extremely important moving forward. So we're hanging out with Stephen Crowder and uh, Gerald, of course, to, Gerald to talk about all this. the business side more. I don't really, uh, I don't really take care of the finances as much. Uh, but What's yeah. the story here? What's the story? So, well, first off, let me let me set something up off the bat. I want to make sure that everyone here knows. Like, I know that you guys uh, have made very clear that you're monetized on YouTube because you believe that you can fight against big tech by sort of operating to some degree within the rules, but you've been very transparent about it. And so I don't want you to think that that is at all the same as what I have a problem with. And uh, I mean, we can go back to a few things. Look, it really comes down to what's right. It really comes down to what the truth is. And this is something that's been a long time coming. Gerald actually yeah. came on as CEO because we're being batted around so long. This is, this is years and years in the making. I get the, the point with corporate media. Um, the issue that I have with many in the conservative side of this sphere is, uh, is the fundamental uh, misleading and dishonesty. That's what I have a problem with. And you see that here as a story took place. Um, kind of a started right where we released this video. Uh, we didn't, and it was just by design, didn't name names because there could be a litany of contracts that are similar to this. A lot of them are often verbal offers. We, we mentioned it could have been Fox News for all anyone knew, it, it, and, and they're the corporate monolith. There's about, yeah. you know, four or five, uh, I would say we have four or five offers, mm-hmm. and then there are other investors who come into the space who just want to dump in a whole bunch of money. Um, you know, Daily Wire here out of themselves, um, and I understand that people are saying, well, people knew who it was. Well, that's because some of the people who were under those contracts said, yeah, I recognize those contracts. And Candace said on this show, I recognize the terms from my contract. Here's the thing. I said, this is wrong. Penalizing conservatives, and I believe this to my absolute core, penalizing conservatives on behalf of big tech while taking money from people 
who are paying you, investing in you to fight big tech. That is what they're investing in. That is what Mug Club is investing in. That's what subscribers are investing in. While simultaneously penalizing conservatives is fundamentally wrong. I had that conversation said, look, just please give me your word. You're not going to be doing this with other people who, as you well know, when you start in this industry, don't know better. Immediately after that, right, the conversation was, Crowder is making a big deal as a dick about money, right, basketball money. $50 million a year was the implication, which you know is not true. Uh, people aren't saying that now. That's not what people have a problem with. What people have a problem with, I understand, is you know the idea of a phone call. And now the narrative has, has shifted to betrayal of a friend. Um, that's what people want to say. I say last straw. I say this is something that I've watched, experienced for years, tried to give every possible out to do the right thing, and have tried to do the right thing in the way that we run our own business. Um, saw the gaslighting, the bully tactics that take place behind the scenes of other creators, and knew it wouldn't be myself. So now the narrative shifts to how, how, how could you record a phone call, betray a friend? Well, hold on a second. It was just about money. It was just, this is just business. And now it's, hey, we're really good friends. Well, which is it? I mean, you have to, you kind of have to pick a lane, right? Are we good friends? Or are you sending out a boilerplate contract that you demand of everybody according to what they say that have 110% penalties on behalf of big tech? And the issue with that is that it's dishonest. It's a tactic of the left. It's a tactic, the same kind of tactic that you see from the left, the gaslighting, where if you, let me ask you this. If well, someone real, quick, came out, real, real quick, yeah. I just want to clarify, you said 110% penalty? Yeah, you can see the contract right there. If you add them all up. So you, what would because you Because there's, there's boycott penalty? Or there's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a fair Seriously. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And, and this is the issue. It, you know, look, look, I made it clear look, it wasn't about me. It's about other people. It's about this being the fundamental practice. And by the way, it's not just Daily Wire, to be clear. This happens in this incestuous sphere across the board. What would you do? This is my question. Real quick, let me ask. Just, just yeah. uh, My concern is, if people aren't familiar with the total context, you leave the blaze, mm-hmm. or, or in the process of, yeah. you're fielding offers, mm-hmm. you receive a contract. A term. Term a sheet. Term not sheet. a contract. Yes, which... People are semantically a predecessor saying, to a contract, but yeah. which is basically the terms they're offering for a contract. Right. Some people have argued, but yeah, the, the point is, yeah. they basically said you will be penalized twenty five percent if you get a strike. No, if you're demonetized. If you're demonetized, then another twenty percent if there's a strike. Then another twenty percent. I don't remember the numbers for was, Facebook for Spotify, but there's also another penalty if your sponsors get boycotted. There's also another penalty if you don't agree to ten percent. Uh, if if you deny ten percent of the sponsors, yeah. which is probably like you, we probably accept one out of five sponsors. But let me just kind of so go through this timeline really quickly. For go ahead. for people who are trying to understand what's going on, it's basically the contract you received specifically outlined term YouTube, sheet. Term, term sheet. sheet. Yeah, term, the term sheet. sheet you received. I don't know if it matters. Said YouTube. You don't put something in a term sheet that you don't want in a contract. Right. Nope. It said YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. Yeah. Specifically, if these big tech companies are upset with you, we dock your pay. Yes. That's an important well, distinction. Hold on. And not even dock his pay. I want to be very clear here. This is a production house. This is our budget that gets docked. Steven is not just taking... This is not basketball where you pay Kyrie Irving to go out and shoot hoops, right? Sure. You're paying an entire team of people well, to produce. Before we get to that, before we get to like the finance yeah. Let's stuff, go through the time. I want to, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this. If someone publicly was going, and by the way, I'm not going to be doing the personal stuff. I'm not going to be coming in here calling anybody a bitch, right? Sending out hatchet people. Um, I understand why Candace was mad. Honestly, I understand. I understand why she was. Mad. I'd probably be mad too. So um, I don't. I don't think it gives you an excuse to go and talk the way like every girl does who gets their husband into a fight at a bar. But I understand why she was upset. Um, if you had the ability, if someone's going out saying, "Hey, you're a, you're a difficult person who only cares about the money." and uh, that you're a bitch, and, and you had the opportunity to clear it in because it was verifiably untrue, which now no one is arguing. What you doing? Would you, how else do, would people switch from, it was about a $50 million salary to, oh, recording a phone call. Does James, 
Do we allow it when James O'Keefe does it? Is it only when corruption is on the side of the left? And here's the issue is I'll tell you who this hurts, the dishonesty. I'm not just saying Daily Wire. This is really this is about the entire movement as a whole. There are a lot of practices that go on and it hurts the sponsors, hurts the creators, hurts the viewers, hurts the investors. And by investors with us, you know, it's entirely mug club. It's people who pay to subscribe. We don't make a dime off of YouTube. We haven't for many years. And it hurts what I, if, if you believe what we say, we believe the movement in the country as a whole. So that right there, right, is fundamentally dis- And the gaslighting still keeps taking place. Candace Owens on this show said, um, hey, we all follow the same guidelines, right? We all follow, Crowder does too. That's verifiably false. And I say, you can publicly audit this. We've had four strikes, right, in the last, since May, I think, 2021 to October 2022. Uh, one was the Mackay Bryant. Uh, one was a sketch with Alex Jones. That one's guilty. One was as <laughs> charged. One was him uh, quoting the CDC. And by that the way, none of this will get you in trouble because you can say this now. Him quoting the CDC. I did, yeah. Bringing up the CDC numbers on flu deaths for children versus COVID. And we were saying this is interesting science, right, that COVID kills more senior citizens, but for some reason it's significantly less lethal to young people, to infants. That science is accepted now, so you won't get a strike. But that was one of the strikes. The other was when we had Carrie Lake on in a gubernatorial election. Four. How many have taken place from Daily Wire? You guys, zero. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying it's a badge of honor. I'm not saying that it's a badge of honor to be suspended. If, if they came out and said, look, look, we demand, as uh, Jeremy said in his 55-minute video, we demand that all of our creators follow these rules that YouTube and Facebook set through punitive practices and mandating of our creators to do so. And Crowder's a little bit more of a rebel. You know what? He's been banned for four times. And that's just, that's not the same kind of, that's not a problem. The problem is saying that we all follow the same rules because here's, so that's all publicly verifiable. Now, I could tell you, I could tell you guys that behind the scenes, I've had many conversations with senior YouTube executives who say, you know, we might be able to get you re-monetized if you kind of play ball like these guys, Daily Wire, and insert other people here. I could tell you that, but would you believe me? Would I have to provide receipts? I could tell you that that takes place. That hurts the creators out there who end up, you know, hitting a glass ceiling that has set the sandbox that has mandated their creators. The same thing happens um, with sponsors. Let me, let me ask you a quick, what does that mean, play ball? Like, well, obviously, you're paraphrasing, like, but... Yeah, paraphrasing. Um, uh, titles, subjects, not talk about this subject or not talk about it in this way. Yeah. Uh, maybe soften, don't use these words. You know, maybe change this a little bit. This happens a lot, right, behind the scenes, and that makes it impossible for independent content creators. The same thing happens, by the way, so that's, that's gaslighting that you see right there. We all follow the same rules. It was about money, then it's about a phone call with sponsors. Look... But if I, I could ask you, did YouTube reach out to you and say, hey, do you want to play ball with us? Did yeah, we happen? have conversations all the time with YouTube. Oh, got it. Matter of fact, I can tell you that yeah, some, here's the thing. I'm not going to be providing receipts to people who don't want to be involved. Right? Yeah. There's a difference between single-party consent state and wiretapping. You don't rope people in who are victims, but if it's, someone, if it's an entity that you believe is predatory, that's the difference. There are good people at YouTube. There are some good people there who want, but their hands are tied. And guess what? Everyone else's hands are tied. If you say, hey, we're all trying to fight this system that exists, but you're not. You're mandating that you exist within the system. Only one person is saying, hey, you know what? If you want to be monetized and you don't, that's fine. And one is saying, you have to fit into this box. Very important context to this is, uh, obviously, after you put out the first video, I've talked to a bunch of my friends, and they said, look... You know, Daily Wire is trying to run a business. If he gets if he gets banned off YouTube, how are they going to sell ads? How are right. they going to do the sponsorships? Where his views are gone. Yeah. And I've seen people tweet all of Crowder's views come from YouTube anyway, so he'd basically be unmonetizable if he was banned. And then I point out, first of all, that's that's just categorically false. Yes, yeah, not true. Because Rumble exists, and Ben if, streamed there for the first time today. 
And this is an important context. The contract you were offered says Facebook, Apple, uh, I said YouTube, Apple, Facebook, Spotify, mm -hmm. but it didn't mention any of your views from any other any other platforms. And there, there's Google Podcasts. They get they get views. I know the numbers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not the same as say, right. Apple, but it's interesting to me that for a lot of people, like Dan Bongino, for instance, had more subscribers on Rumble than YouTube. Yeah, it's interesting then that their attitude is: if you're banned from YouTube, it's a twenty percent fee reduction, which you mentioned includes your your, your staff 25. salary. Twenty five, and then no, sorry, 25 twenty five for and then another twenty. It's forty five. In other words, for us, right off the bat, and this is the thing I said: like, what, is this is this an accident? Like, you know, in other words, okay, we're good. But let, let me friends, just, but hold on a second. Does anyone here? Does anyone here have a problem? Do you do you not believe me when I say we haven't been monetized on YouTube for three years? You all know oh, that, right? Oh, right, of course. Literally, and we're not that close. Zero days, or did you have? So pockets? what happened is we were demonetized. How many years ago? Then they someone accidentally demonetized the... us for like four months, and then demonetized. <laughs> we were like, yeah, and then demonetized again. We we're like, what happened? And they were like, yeah, actually, no, sorry, you're demonetized again. I was like, well, skunked again. So what did we so do this, to get monetized? Is... Basically, but, but, yeah, of course, they got an answer, right? I want I want to make sure this point is made clear for everybody because yeah. this is a very important part of the argument. Um, when I heard it. Mm -hmm. If the point is you can't sell ads or build an audience because YouTube banned you and that's mm -hmm. it, but you're getting 85% or more views on Rumble, the question is why no penalty for getting banned from Rumble? Why is Rumble not a consideration in the contract at all? Mm -hmm. And why don't they simply say comparable views instead of the platform? Right. Like if for every million views per day you lose, we dock you I can answer you that question exactly. Because so what it's happened? fundamental to the oh. business model. And I was informed of that. It is fundamental. In other words, there are plenty of options out there, right? He can tell you. I get excited when I, I walk out of him and go, hey, how many people are tuning in live on YouTube? How many on Rumble? They go, oh, it's tips. There are more people on Rumble. Sure, I've been on YouTube for a long time, since 2006, but it doesn't mean that they don't change, right? And the issue is, I think it's a great thing to use these platforms. There's a huge difference, by the way, you know, between being monetized and being on the platform. Yeah. But ultimately, if we believe what we say, we have to be trying to get to the point where we know that fast forward five years, you can't speak the truth on YouTube, certainly not if you want to be monetized. But there's this jockeying for position with people who they see as competition. And the issue here that I've always made clear is the locking in of these punitive contracts that mandate and enforce big tech policies and guidelines as a matter of business. And that hurts creators. And the same thing, by the way, when we're talking about misleading practices with sponsors, there's no problem. Right? And this is all publicly verifiable. I want you guys to be able to audit this so that there don't have to be as many receipts provided. You market your your, your, your channel, right? I think we probably have some ads running right now, like Spotify, like, yeah, hey, if you like course. this show, tune on Spotify. Yeah. Um, but there's a big difference. We know that there's a huge problem in our industry of pay to play. Now, you can do that. That's fine. If you want to grow your numbers. But what, the, what, what is that? What is so that, pay to play mean? means that you can buy views, right? You can pay to play. You can run your video as a pre-roll ad and people see mm -hmm. that number. But really, a lot of them are 14 second views, eight second views, but it still clicks that counter. The closest apples to apples comparison that you could do right now is you could go out and take like, let's say not this controversy because there's cross pollination, but Benjamin has a huge show. Of course he is. But go take some videos there right now that have a million plays. Go month after month. Take a bunch of them. Look at the likes. Look at the comments. Take videos from my channel. It's a comparable place. Take them with 800,000, 600,000 plays because we've converted them a lot to Rumble. Look at the likes. Look at the comments. It's startling because it's a lot easier to buy plays than it is to buy likes and comments. That's not a problem. Wait, wait, are you saying that the Daily Wire is buying views for their content? I'm saying that they run the videos. This happens not just Daily Wire, to be clear. Stop Big Con is designed because of this entire industry. And what happens is, yes, these views get inflated. There's nothing wrong with running ads to increase the video count. The problem is this. When, you, when that is used to then go out and set sponsorship rates. And then, this is what happens with creators. When you sit down with sponsors, and these are hard-earned dollars, right? A lot of them are mid-sized companies. You run them on this show and they say, yeah, but you know what? 
we didn't get our money's worth and this person is the number one show because they go out and they say that they have these numbers and they set the, what happens they drop those rates across the board which hurts everybody or they pull out altogether now you can publicly verify that that information now i could tell you guys that i've had conversations with sponsors that say we're not going to be running in the conservative space because it's just not as effective as we thought it was or you know what we're going to be pulling out and content creators just say why am i getting these low advertising rates here's the issue if you're some kid and by kid, I mean, you know, you could be a 40-year-old with a smaller podcast. Let's say you get a quarter million plays. Not as big, but good numbers. Let's say you get half a million plays. Right? Good numbers, but they're real. And you are a conservative, and you're trying to grow this. And then all of a sudden, your content, YouTube is saying, can't say that. Can't do that because of the box that's been created by all of these companies in big conservatism. And then you're trying to make it. Right? You're trying to make it something that is financially solvent, and you can't because sponsors no longer have faith in this side of the industry. That is something that hurts those creators, and this is something that, so the creators are hurt, the sponsors are hurt, the viewers are hurt, because viewers, I just want to finish this one, and then any questions you have, the viewers are hurt because they feel isolated, they feel like their views are not represented, right? They go, hold on a second, I'm conservative. Why are none of the top people saying whatever it is? X, Y, Z, and the investors are hurt, and I don't mean billionaires, in our case, it's people who invest. When they sign up for Mug Club, they are paying us because they say, we know that you're demonetized. We know that you don't run nearly as many sponsors. You're very selective. And we think we are giving you our dollar in faith because we think that you are fighting for us. Imagine, let me give you one final parallel world there. Um, imagine if we left the blaze, okay? And this, again, the issue is that everyone is demanded to sign these exact same contracts. That's what they said. They've been very, very clear about that. It's just business. Imagine if Mug Club leaves the blaze. And let's say we come back two, three months, okay? And we come back, and all of a sudden, I don't talk about vaccines in the way that I used to. All of a sudden, I don't talk about election integrity like I used to. All of a sudden, I don't host Carrie Lake in the same way that I used to or host her at all. And all of a sudden, all the parodies, the sketches, you know, the sweeping epic, like a parody of Saving Private Ryan or There Will Be Blood or Schindler's List, whatever it is, you don't see any, change my mind, you don't see any of those anymore, but you see four or five live reads. I'd be yeah. the definition of a sellout. <laughs> and I would be selling out the people who paid for something different. Only one group of people here is saying you have to fit into this box i'm saying you got to let some people let the freak flag fly i don't care if you want to be monetized or not don't lock people and punish them on behalf of big tech when you claim that you are fighting them and it is everywhere and it's disheartening i'll tell you a story i think the people who uh, have watched my content consistently know about this the it was it was called uh, some some refer to it as ad rights sales ad rights buying Back in the early 2010s, these up-and-coming digital media outlets would sell the uh, rights. What, what they would do is they would, I'm sorry, they would buy the rights to views. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're a company called like um, uh, uh, badbehavior.com, you know, some word that represents people. Why'd you who, pick one that is clearly I going know. to direct people to hardcore pornography? <laughs> All right, let's just say. Large, good um, behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Skittles and Rainbows website, okay? And uh, same, uh, big okay, okay. <laughs> audacious M and M's. Let's say you're a you're a big brand, and you get about thirty million views per month. Mm -hmm. That's not going to cut it. You, right. it. you you can sell a premium idea. There would be these low tier websites. You've seen them before. You'll see an ad, and it'll say, "Guess what this celebrity looks like now." You click it, mm -hmm. and then it'll yeah. say, "Here's here's the celebrity throughout twenty five years," and every photo has 50 ads and yes. you click next and it loads a new page with 50 ads what they're doing is harvesting views right so then this website that nobody knows the name of right nobody visits tricks you into get, collecting a view they then sell the rights 
to those views mm -hmm. to a premium network. The premium, premium network then goes to advertisers and says, our network gets 200 million views per month. Right. And if you advertise with us, you are, you are in that network. And in reality, yeah. they only get 30, but they bought the rights and there, meanwhile, ads. there's some it's kid amazing. who's actually getting 10 million views, right? Meanwhile, yep. there's some yeah. kid, and he doesn't get the same advertiser rates because he gets burned. And then those kids drop out. Do you, does anyone ever wonder why the burnout rate is so high in this industry? There are so many good people. I mean, you can go back to when I was on PJTV in 2009. People who I worked with, good, solid people, who, by the way, had skin in the game, who had a lot to lose. And you'll never hear from them again because they just go, I'm out. I'm out. They get disenfranchised. They get disenchanted. And that's the issue. Look, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I'll be fine either way. But I, we've always talked about building a bench. And I've always talked about wanting to be able to pass the torch. It's not possible to do this way. And by the way, the way you know this is true is right now I have said I don't want to do this. Again, I've been thinking about this for a long time, trying to work behind the scenes, trying to work within the system until I realize there's just no interest in doing it that way. And then you say, okay, is our move, this is why we lose. Conservatives wonder, what, what the hell, what the midterms, what the hell happened? Why do you think? Why do you think people like Lindsey Graham, like Mitch McConnell, nothing personal against them. Why do you think that there are people out there and you go, how do they not get voted out? Why do you think these are our our decisions for, for speaker. These are our choices. Why do you think you constantly lose? Because the people who really do want to van be the vanguard at the cutting edge, uh, they burn out and they leave because they can't compete against it. And that's the I, issue. I got to tell you, man, I make this point all the time where I just say, for, for all the people who are claiming I'm a grifter or I only want money and that I'm, I don't really believe the things I'm fighting for, I'm like, it, it would be so much easier to sell everything, yeah. shut it all down, yep. and, and just buy some properties, rent them out, and not have to worry about any of this. Take money and shut up, yeah. right? Take money and shut up. But it, it's not about what's easy. Yeah. It's about what matters. Yeah. And by the way, we want you guys to make money. We want every conservative yes. in this space to run a profitable business. That's what I run. I don't know why. I started business. Manuka Honey like, back there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we want people to make as much money stuff. as humanly possible, but do it honestly. And, and just be honest with people about how you're going to spend that money as well. Well, there's, yeah. the, there's the issue, well, too. Again, when you're talking about honesty, is it just friends or is it just business? You kind of have to pick one. Is it a lash out or is it premeditated? You kind of have to pick one. I want to pull up this uh, this story right here. That, uh, well, actually, a story. I want to look at this email that you've, you've, you've uh, shown me. Yeah. The Daily Wire tried poaching one of your employees. And what would make this significant is if this happened after yes. your negotiations. Yes, it did. Okay, so so after you're and talking, it's not, and it's not the first time that this has happened. But real, 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 yeah. real quick, after you were talking with the Daily Wire about potentially doing a deal, yep. they reach out to your employees, and I'm I'm looking at the email right here saying that you know they came across the social media manager. Yep. Hey, they got a great opportunity. Join the new counterculture. It says they emailed your staff and said, "Come work for us instead." Right. That does not not sound and like the, something a the, friend would. No, do. and the re only reason I'm showing you that is I'm not going to be showing receipts from third parties who are who are blameless victims, right? Gary said you can show that. He came right to me and said, hey, look, this came up. I said, hey, they'll probably offer you more money, and I'll write you a letter of recommendation. He said, no, I know you guys want to be monetized. Um, <laughs> and uh, the issue that that it took place in the conversation, it might even be in the one that you saw where I said, like, they're like, well, you know, we do have a social media department. I said, well, I got, you know, we do it here. That was the one thing that we talked about maybe splitting, I think, at some point. And I said, I have Gary, and he's awesome. So he was he was named. How long after you did that call about the term sheet did they send this email? I don't know the day. I know it was definitely after the talks completely fell through. So here's, I mean, you probably have the timeline, but what happened is there was a week where the election happened, right? Rumble, because uh, we were banned from YouTube going yeah. into the election, which I'm sure was a chance, just happenstance. Uh, and then um, uh, we did that. And I thought I was really kind of securing the future, you know, for my, my children. I'm like, okay, there are other players in this space. People kind of know I'm a yeah. free agent. 
our performance on election night is going to be big because last time it was the biggest election stream ever, right? It was like 16, 17 million people across the platforms. We're only doing it on Rumble. So I wanted to do that, and I was really nervous. Okay, it went well. Then I did uh, two shows at the the Ryman, the what, the original Grand Ole Opry yeah. Yeah, in Nashville. Nashville. And some Daily Wire people came out, and the shows went really well. I mean, people need, you know, eventually I'll release a special, but if people need to see the clips. Comic, sta- standing stand-up. O. Yeah, standing O to b- both shows. And Dave was there and did fantastically well, too. And you think, okay, mm-hmm. you can't do any better. Ruben? No, no, it was just, just me and Dave. Oh, Dave Landau. Landau. Dave Landau, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I guess it could have been Ruben. I guess he does. He yeah. does uh, comedy yeah. stuff with uh, Peterson. Yeah, Landau. Um, and then after you gave that, me that look. No, no, I was, like, I was, I was just very confused. I thought that there were hallucinogens in here from because yeah. that's the first that's thing he asked. Yeah, like, have you ever taken hallucinogens? Said it like, wasn't in there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then after that, trusted you. So after, after that, that we had those conversations about like this. These are the sticking points, right? And please, like, we also one, we got to figure out a better way to do this because it stifles the movement. After that, it was. Yeah, we're not going to be able to come to any kind of terms, and that was for sure. After that conversation, I made one final well plea. Okay. Yeah, one yeah. final plea, and that called like, just this- prom- take me off the table. Promise me you won't do it to other people. And the question is, look, did you? Was your understanding when you invest money, when you subscribe, was your understanding that all conservative talent out there, nearly all, are penalized if they're demonetized? Was that your understanding? Was that your understanding that then they are penalized if they are suspended? Then they are penalized if they don't take as many lives? Was that your understanding when you were investing in people going out there and fighting for you? Because I know the feedback that I get at these live shows with thousands of people at every event. And it's not a hard-earned dollar that I take lightly. People feel powerless. They say, there's only so much I can do. At least that guy can go out and fight for me. And I'd like and it to be these guys and girls, not a guy. And, and, and for context, yeah. too, it's very important. These fees pertain to strikes and bannings on the major big tech platforms, right. irrespective of your viewership on the alternatives we're all trying to right. help. Or subscribership. Right. Or subscribers but, or sponsors. Right. And it's demonetization now, too. That's now, here, here, here's, here's, here's an important picture that should be painted. A lot of people are saying, you know, Crowder, you recorded uh, Jeremy. That's not what friends do. They're surprised mm-hmm. by it. But here's, here's what I'm seeing now. And, uh, you know, put myself in the middle of this. You, you're always in the middle of it. Of too. course, that's what I do, right? <laughs> but but look, you you it's go like to the Daily Phil. Wire. No, 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 your term sheet. Okay. You go to the Daily Wire. They say, here's a term sheet. You go, whoa, this is crazy. Right. Hey, you can't do this. The Daily Wire then says, all of a sudden, you're not also, but a few months later, Crowder registers stop big con. Then yeah. he calls and secretly records Jeremy. He was setting us up. This email right here paints a different picture. In that you talked with the Daily Wire and said here's our issue, yeah. here's what we can't do. And they said, okay. And then sometime later, they try- No, they said, if that's the issue, this is our business model and you right. don't know business. But then they try yeah. and poach one of your employees, one of your, your- And that could be an accident, but it's not the first time. Yeah. Well, but you said, you, you didn't, you mentioned him by name. And Gary, yeah. employee yeah. poaching is considered vulture-ish as it is, but it is business. And by the way, there's a huge difference <laughs> between employees reaching out to you in a company right. and you fielding you're it, available. Which, is right. hap- which happens, versus going to someone who is clearly not available, who is mentioned exactly. by name, saying so, this so, guy is awesome. And so, Gary's hilarious because he's Russian. He was born and raised in Russia until he was 13, but he seems totally American. No accent. But then occasionally you realize like he'll say something out of context, like, <laughs> like I can kill two birds and get stoned or something. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, but I'm Polish. Mixed oh, metaphors. So we raised in Poland? Yes. Okay. So there you yeah. go. No one would guess. They but call then, Lucas. So those first few yeah. years, did you have those disconnects where pe- people are like, are you not? And you're like, I, I don't understand whatever. First few years, yeah. he still does it. I still does do it still all do the time. It? Yeah, all the time. It's just, but but look, oh, look, look, look. This, this is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, the, the picture painted so far was that you all yeah. of a sudden set up this plan to get the Daily Wire and they were blindsided by it. 
But it actually seems like now there was a bit of a back and forth in that you said, hey, guys, I don't like this. Then they say, well, that's a business. Then they try to poach one of your employees. Then you're like, okay, this is, it, it sounds like. It's been going on for years. But, but, and but everyone but, in the space knows it. Everyone th in the space knows it. This is not an issue of they had a polite conversation with you and said, we're sorry, we disagree. And then you devised a plan to come after them. There was, no. then the Daily well, Wire that, comes and tries to poach an employee. Then you guys are like, these kind of business practices can't continue. They, they, no, and effect. it was always about the terms. And it's it's stupid to say that this was our plan to get subscribers. I'm sorry. Like I get a little bit pissed off with this because that means that you didn't pay any attention at all to Mug Club Forever. That was us getting in touch with our subscribers and making sure that whatever home we went to on our own with somebody else, we were going to have access to the people that paid for our content. This was not a plan that was hatched to make sure that we could ride off into freedom and do whatever the hell we wanted with this really great email list. Yeah. It would be the, it would be the hardest way to, for that. And yeah. We said it. Yeah. It was clear. It you just, like, and you saw the numbers there. It sounds like you guys are like right on the precipice of creating your own network or your own website where people pay you 10 bucks a month and just get access to that. And I really that. don't want to have to do that. Like, here's the no. thing, right? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be is, great if the, you could link arms with the self-professed most powerful people on our side who are supposedly fighting for us, but the problem is when they say, we have no interest in doing that, you go, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Here's the good news. I bring tidings of great joy. We can get just as many viewers on Rumble as you can on YouTube. And by the way, stay on YouTube, but just don't punish conservatives yeah. for being demonetized. They go, this is the business we know no one else does. I don't want to start a network. Is it if you guys could counter offer, what would be the things you would counter offer right now? What deal would you guys take from a big company? Let's not just say the Daily Wire. Let's just say there's another company. What's your the, ideal? Jill can take. Here's the problem. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I would take a deal. I would have taken a deal oh. that was less money, less money, and more honest uh, and more yeah. freedom, and not penalizing other people. He steps in because I'm like, yeah, it sounds like uh, good money. He's like, you don't know what our expenses are, Jill. I'm like, I don't know, Gerald. You tell me. <laughs> I got, I, there I got are a, a lot of different terms that you would have to negotiate, and, and this has been the sticking point from the very beginning, and it kind of goes back to something that you said about Candace getting these questions. Can I grab another water? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just 100%. You, you don't start with these terms in the contract. Again, it was like, oh, it's a term sheet, negotiate. Of course we negotiate. I've been doing that. I understand that that is part of the process. That's what you do in these things. But if you're going to start there and we say, hey, that's not, that's not something that should be in this movement, and you're like, well, we're not coming back to the table. By the way, after the Ryman, we were expecting them to come back and have changed that and made an offer that we could then start negotiating from. I, that I, never I wanna, happened. So so this is the, the, the term sheet right here. I've got it. Mm -hmm. This is the is whole thing. Is that uh, the first one? It, I, I don't know. This, 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 yeah, this, that, that, that one that was sent, I guess, October 5th. It says uh, non-binding term yeah. sheet. Confidential, it does say. You the only one? No, no, no. I, mean, I, I got I to point out for you, for you uh, Stephen. Uh, it says if any of the major platforms uh, uh, issue a strike you would have the fee reduced. It gives it, it gives examples of yeah. the major platforms are, uh, I'm assuming that's not limited to, in, in which case it looks like they're basically saying what at their discretion, they determine what a major platform is. Mm -hmm. yes. And then, so if Twitter gave you a suspension, they dock your fee by 25%, even though Twitter is not a major driver of platform or host. Right. But you know what the good news is? Could have been clarified and put in writing. Never was. No. And by the way, I said the, the, the first one because that didn't look like the Daily Wire one that you were holding. I was like, did you, did you get the uh, yeah, offer from somebody else? No, no, no. It's because I think we did Reader View or some shit. By the way, do me a I, favor. I, I just need to understand this because one of the arguments that was put forth is, well, this is just a standard starting point for everybody. Okay. I don't play those games. It, I don't it, do that. Hold on. No, but it's not just, it's not just a term sheet. It's not just a term sheet. Everybody else, their production comes out of you. You knew Steven well enough to know that he had his own production team and therefore the costs would be borne by him, but everything else was just standard. And our, our, our apologies oh, right. for leaving it in there. Because that was one of the claims that was made. 
This is just the standard contract, you know, negotiating start point of term sheet that we, we always give to everybody. Right. It's like, yeah, but you knew Stephen well enough to know he did all of his production, but then you're saying the rest of that it's was It's a production just company. It's a production right. house, right? It's everything. It's 25 employees. It's just it's, disingenuous, guys. It's I, not real. Well, do they, do, they, do they not know better, or is it dishonest? Do, let me ask you this. Do you really think, I will say this, the only thing I've said about Ben is Ben is brilliant. He's one of the smartest people I've ever known. I don't care what he says, okay? I still hope the best for the guy. And by the way, for people out there, and I know that they're anti-Semitic people, I've not said there's none of this controlled opposition. I 100% believe that Ben believes what he says, even if we disagree. None of that is taking place. The problem is when you demand that other people fall into line. But do you really believe for a second that Ben is so ignorant that he thinks that's $50 million a year in my pocket, basketball money? Do you think Ben believes that? He he knows better. Yeah, he said that. Is that honest? Yep. Is that honest? Now, if someone did that with you and said, Tim Pool is a money-grubbing prick, and we offered him basketball money, and someone came out and called you a little bitch, right? <laughs> and you had, and that literally happened, and you had the ability to say, and, you, and you'd seen this happen to other people behind the scenes for years, and you said, that's not going to be me. You had the ability to prove that it was verifiably false, which no one is arguing. Would you do it? Of course. Uh, gr- granted, you know, I think there's a... a, a a tactical difference between us as well in that I think you play warrior and I play rogue. Again, over your heads, but Ian said they're going like, right, right, right. Yeah. I do have an yeah, original yeah. copy of Chrono Trigger. So. Oh, I mean, oh, hell yeah, yeah dog. Yes. By the way, he, he, he met a girl who grew up on my block. Apparently I have her copy from Super Nintendo, like Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yes. Elaine Stowe. She didn't speak a word of English when I knew her when she was young. She's been holding on to that for a little while. Okay, sorry. It's crazy, small world. 30 years. My strategy would have been to poop on the contract, just being, you know, totally transparent and honest here. the big narrative that we were hearing about your argument... Well, it's not anymore, right? They changed it to the phone call. That was the initial narrative, which was a lie. That's a tactic of the left. Gaslight. Let's let's do the context here. You put out a video, you mentioned, look at these fees. It's, you know... I I never mentioned money outside of what I believe were immoral penalty fees. I never talked... You've never heard me say, hey, not enough money was offered. That's not what it's about. So when when we first were watching the show and we talked about it, I said, what's the fee? We don't know. And then the Daily Wire's response, of course, was we offered this guy $50 million. Basketball money. Basketball money. The response then from detractors and most people was, holy crap. And they're imagining Steven Crowder in a big private bank vault diving into a bunch of gold coins. (laughs) When in reality, the $50 million included the entire budget for your whole staff, your whole production facility, every production you would have done. Meaning you've got to pay, how many employees do you have? About 25, soon to be 30-something. Soon to be 30-something. Now, if you want to do production on a skit, we're talking maybe 30 to 50K, depending on the size of the skit. Yeah. Every time we show up to do a change, my mind is $50,000. 50, yeah. Millions in legal each year. Work. Millions, millions of dollars in equipment, po- payroll, uh, millions of dollars in taxes. It's, it's the merging It's the merging of, what was that? It's theft. Yes, I completely <laughs> agree. But let, me, yes. let, me, let me just say. Wheelhouse. I'm, I'm on your side on this one. Uh, everybody can know my bias. The reason that really bothered me is because I run a company. I know how much money we make. And there are people who assume yeah. that revenue equals money in your pocket profit. And it's like, no, 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 no. If they're giving them $50 million, it sounds so wonderful. They're assuming you. you're dumb. They're, assu- they're treating the audience like they're dumb. Again, well, no, I no, no. a lot of people don't, no, but he, no, but don't understand thing. this. People don't understand because they're assuming that you won't go and do research. Look, $50 million basketball money versus $12 million. If, if uh, let's say Marvel says, I don't know, the new Thor movie is $200 million. Is that Hemsworth's salary? It's that simple of an analogy. Yeah. But the issue here, and I'll let Gerald kind of talk about that more. The, the issue here is like, I think that these people at Daily Wire, they've said that they're very business savvy. They're running a business. So are they very business savvy? Um, and no. 
Are they dumb and don't know that $12.5 million a year for an entire production house is what we're actually looking at? Or are they lying when they say it's basketball money and $50 million salary? I think Candace Owens at one point got up to like 140 or something. On the, I don't, I don't so really you said you wanted $30 right. million a year or 140 And the million. only reason people, people know that's not true, and you've seen the transcript, you ever see me once say, hey, it's about more money? There was never an offer sent after I said, look, it's a non-starter if you don't change these these terms and please tell me that you're not doing this with other yeah. people. There was never anything after that where it was, of course the non-starter is, I'm not gonna, I can't do five live reads because we do Can, commercials. Let I, me, can't let me, let me, I just wanna ask one specific yeah. question because a lot of people are bringing this up and they're accusing you guys of only exposing them after they turned down your counter offer. I don't, is that true or can you add more information to that? Yeah, I don't know why they're saying the timeline that he kind of gave was completely inaccurate. Yeah, there was never um, there was never any counter offer from us. What Steven said was basically, look, guys, these are the terms that we have a problem with. Right. And if this I don't care what the contract says dollar wise, if these terms are in there, that's bad. And you need to start again. This right. has to be pulled out. So there was no counter offer because I'm seeing a lot. A lot of you guys say there was the agent. The agent, I think my agent, the first they sent this term sheet. The agent said, well, if you're talking about 100 percent ownership, by the way, in perpetuity forever, meaning and it's a six year contract with no option to negotiate. They have an option to extend for two years, six years locked in at that rate. And again, right. How do you penalize someone for money that they don't make? They're not going to lose money on you being demonetized. Now, I get that I'm a special situation, but they said this is demanded of everybody. The big con issue is something that I've been running up against, and everyone in this industry knows for many, many years. They just were arrogant enough to out themselves and to put it in writing and to say, we know how to run this business. We figured it out. You don't know what you're talking about. And, of course, you know, after that, uh, um, another last straw was, you know, then going and trying to take take our, our our social media director and I only showed you that email because he's willing for me to show you like we have our people poached all the time when you have your ideas stolen and they put more money behind it not just mine when you build someone up and someone else comes in and says hey we'll offer you more money they use them for six months and burn them out I'm sure that's an accident I'm sure the people at the top of Daily Wire didn't know when they reached out to someone who was not looking for a job who loudly and proudly advertises himself as social media director for Ladder with Crowder but I could tell you that on that phone call they said, we have an entire social media department, right? I said, I have one guy, Gary, and he's awesome. A few days later. I do want to dedicate what? more Did time. Gary join Daily Wire? Well, let me, no, I, no, they came I, in and tried to hire him. I wanna, well, he's not I wanna, looking for a job. I want to dedicate uh, some more time to go, starting from the beginning of the that yeah. context of that story. But I wanted to uh, address something before uh, Luke jumped in. The, uh, how dare the, you, Luke? Yeah, how dare, how dare you, Luke? <laughs> I go to Florida. No, 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 no. Go to Florida. I'm sitting here. That was, that was a good, was a good <laughs> question. I'm not, no, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, I, I had, I'm I want to put a tag on this. And um, one of the, one of the big things we're hearing is uh, a friend, you know, that, yeah. that uh, you know, you guys were friends and uh, the recording of the phone call and stuff. And I just, thinking about the contract, you're, yeah, four, four year contract with uh, option to renew for two, locking you in at that rate, 12.5, including the entirety of your staff. And it's just business, and I'm kind of like, you know, I hear that. It's not something friends offer their friends. No, is it, bo- is it boilerplate? We send this to everybody? Or is it a friend? You, you know what it costs to have a lawyer mark up a term sheet? It ends up being thousands of dollars, especially when it's like, hey, look, hit select all, delete. None of this makes sense. This isn't for someone who's been demonetized, but the problem, and that's when it came down to what well, you heard in that phone call. This, I said, take me out of it, right? This is not the right fit, period. I knew that. Please tell me that these are not the terms that are demanded. Penalties that you are monetized on YouTube, that you remain on Facebook, that you stay in line. Please tell me these are not the terms that are demanded of everybody. And I said, that was the, those were the last words. And he said, yeah, you know, 
maybe I'll take it under advisement. And then you go, okay, all right, this is where we are. There's no hope for the movement if we claim to be fighting big tech and we sell out the people who are paying us to do so and fighting on behalf of big tech. I'm sorry, it is something, I, it's wrong. Earlier, earlier in the show, you mentioned that, uh, I think you mentioned this in the show, that you were, you were in Hollywood, you were uh, doing the standard talent route, and then you decided to come out on YouTube as a conservative, and it basically cost you a lot. You, you lost yeah. your manager. I, I don't, you, don't, you don't come off uh, to me as a lot of, you know, Candace was on the show, and she said, he's doing it for money. It's so obvious. Why can't people see it? And I'm just, I'm thinking about that, and I'm like- Do you believe that? No, I don't. Because, well, they're accusing well, you of counter-offering. That's but, what but, but I understand that. But my first, my, the first thing I thought was, I'm like, Crowder's already rich. You know what I mean? Like, I understand people are looking at contracts and money. Really, like, like you'd think. I mean, if they want to do, if they want to do personal tax returns and business tax returns and the charitable givings, we can do that. This is this is a uh, we can do that again. We can do it through a third party and seal them because I get private information. We can do that. Gerald will tell you. This is this is again. You know, uh, people like why why I care about the subject matter so much. Yeah. Running this business and making lots of money. I often say. For a guy like me, who growing up in Chicago and being close to the bottom of the totem pole as an American, which is great for the rest of the world. I mean, if you for the rest, America's awesome. Right. The poorest person is wealthy compared to everybody else. Right. But there, there's a certain point in terms of having things that I could have ever wanted, and it's a very, very low bar. Right. You know, I'm making once once I got hired by Disney, the Disney Fusion, they're paying me 250k. I'm I'm staring at money. I have no idea what to do with. Right. Beyond yeah. that. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do everything I can. But this is the thing. The dialogue I've, I've, shifted to money, 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 money. You but, heard me say this is wrong, and then it's money, 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 just a right. business. And then it's this is wrong. Money, 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 money. This is just a business. Look, it's not just a business. And by the way, when you're talking about business, find out what motivates the people you're in business with. I'm not motivated by money. That's not what motivates me. If you look back at the track record in 2009, I, it was because I wanted to see the system burn, meaning as far as the system that kept conservatives in line. And I mean the liberal system, but then when you realize that it's on your own side, not motivated by money. And by the way, don't leave someone, don't leave someone with nothing to lose. You know, the easiest situation is take the money, shut up. Second easiest is go bet on yourselves. You've seen the numbers that we've given you there. And guess what? You make more money, you shut up. The, the option of say no, and say, look, this is wrong and speak out is significantly harder than any of the other paths. The two things I want to say is uh, my point on the money was I view you in a similar way that you're ideologically driven, that if you have the resources to do what you want to do and you're living comfortably and taking care of your family, beyond that, I don't see you as the kind of guy who's like, I don't have an infinity pool and three Ferraris in my garage. <laughs> so when they say Crowder is just... What's the infinity pool? Is that the, the it's, edge? It's where the yeah, edge goes fantastic. off. like, And so, yeah. It looks like a horizon. I have no idea. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind one. a sewer, that's yeah. Right, but the, but the question is, if you had the choice between an infinity pool and a young, you know, a talented personality who was going to help change the shape of this country for the better... Yeah. yeah. I think you're going to choose to change the shape of this country for better. That's my view of you. 100%. I had to tell this guy that it was okay to buy a reasonably priced shotgun. Yes. <laughs> I'm not That's kidding. True. This is this this is not me like staying well, on Well, like, he is Canadian. We've been yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. We've been friends for a while. Steven can tell me at any point to go pound sand, right? So I'm not kissing up. This is it's just like he's like, "Guys, uh what about the shotgun? I'm thinking like, oh, this, four. Yeah, Vanilla M4. Yeah, it's a good oh, one. I got one. I got one. Do you have the H2 over? I have the foldable stock. Oh, I want, yeah. Is it basketball money? Crazy expensive? No. No. no, no, it's not right. And so he everyone deserves. Everyone in America deserves a shotgun. A, a Benelli too. A Benelli. We went, we went nice. to it. We it was two and a half. We were in Texas together, and that, you were there when I bought it. it yeah, but we yeah. were at we were at a, a sh- we were at a shop out here. Luke said, "Hey, you should buy that. It's really great." I buy it, and then he goes, 
I want it. I want it yeah. instead. Was it a Benelli? And, and yeah, then I was no. pissed, I was pissed off because I was like I, I didn't think I was like I should have bought this. And then he bought it before okay, me. And I'm okay. like wait wait. wait so wait, 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 wait hold on no hold on this is fun because this is <laughs> we had true. a whole was, argument. John, John was with, by the way how many how many people are watching right now? 150,000 ish. 158 on on our channel 158,000. 158,000. So what what? 158 is that a 158,000? Yeah, that's just on your channel. That's why we're still streaming on ours. Uh, right? I think second highest number we've ever done. Okay. Uh, just on our YouTube alone. Yeah. Uh, did you want to say transfer? Ma- make a no, point? The, so, no, it wasn't really a point. It was the Benelli M4, right? So what happened is I really want it. But they're not cheap. And I was like, you know what? I can't justify buying this. You can go buy it online. And so I was talking with Gerald and, and Johnny Boy, who you met, my Canadian friend. I said, okay, you know what? If I go into it, because you know they're like unicorns. They sell out right away. I said, if I go into a gun store to pick up something up or something, and it happens to be there. That's God telling me he wants me to have a Benelli M4. And I, <laughs> I went to go pick up some transfers from, from Walther, and lo and behold, I see one there just came in, and it's the, uh, the H2O version, the Cerakoted version. And I don't think you were with me, but Johnny Boy was. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I still don't think I can justify it. He said, if you don't pay for it, I'm going to buy it. Uh, and of course, I knew that uh, it would be far more expensive for him. So I, I, I bought it, but it took a long time. I'm not really motivated, but it is a nice shotgun, though, I will say. Yeah, Occasionally, there are some things that we're going to spend money on. Oh, a tool. Any tool that you want to learn something with, like a guitar, too. You want to get yeah. a good... A really good tool. Yeah, or like knives. Like if I have, like, there's a huge, with steel and knives. Okay, sorry, Tim, I know, we're giving you. Let's, let's go, let's go. I, I love the Benelli stuff, because yeah. uh, I got one. I wanted one. to make but, a. But I, I, I got to make a point about, you said in 2009, you, you, you were like, you realize that the liberal system is, is you know, holding you back or something to the effect, and then you eventually realize it's on your side as well. Yeah. I look over to Luke, because Luke's the guy who's been screaming since 2006, like, the Republican machine is lying to you all the same. Mm-hmm. The powers that were being given to the intel agencies and the, and the establishment oh, yeah. will be used against you. Yeah. Here we are. Well, here's the thing, you're absolutely right. And uh, let's be honest, right? How can you change all that yourself? You're doing the best that you can, right? But there's only so much that you can do. The difference is right now, at this point, in inflection point in history, as it relates to right-wing conservative media, I can do something. I can't change the intelligence agencies. But you know what? When I ask Carrie Lake on the show, I say, would you disband the FBI? Yeah, I would. Boom. Gone. Suspended. I can do something about that. I can't change the CIA or the FBI. You're probably more effective with that than I am. I'm an entertainment guy. I was a guy telling jokes in, in, in clubs, having beer bottles thrown at me when I was 17 years old, voicing you know, a, a black bear who was the best friend of an aardvark when I was 12, which is clearly <laughs> derived from hallucinogenic drugs. Um, I love that show. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny. I had to do the Kwanzaa rep if everyone want to find something embarrassing for the Christmas episode. And that's when I was 13 years old. And I was like, oh, Kwanzaa. And I was like, let me look into this. I should, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis this. And uh, <laughs> then I realized, oh, it's bullshit. It's Ron Everett, and he beat them with fire hoses and soldering irons. And then I'm doing this song for Arthur. Hey, come together now. It's Kwanzaa time. And I wanted to. Was the pay worth it? Well, at that point, you know, I was under. I didn't. Re- I was under contract at 12 years old. Right. You know, so yeah. there's not much you can do. I still remember we were called crazy truthers for for calling this out as as rationally as we did, saying, "Hey, the national security state is going to be turned around against you," and it has. But at that time specifically, we we had a discourse that was kind of free and open. We didn't have algorithms. People were able to see important messages and videos and talking points and content creators. Now we're living in a different age. I wanted to kind of get your point of view. Some people say you have to keep pushing the Overton windows. Some people say you got to keep playing ball. Mark mm-hmm. Dice is also in the chat. He just uh, is accusing Ben Shapiro of allegedly paying $135,000 to boost his Facebook posts. I don't know if that's, that's true. Well, who cares, but, though? He can do that. The, 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 only issue I have is when, the only issue I have is when that's used, and it hurts people because sponsors drop out because they don't get their money's worth. Again, mm-hmm. I could tell you that. But would those receipts be a betrayal? Because this industry fundamentally needs to change. People are investing in you and in us and in what you're saying. If you can't say what it is that you're saying right now, let's say if you send a contract that said, yeah, but you know what? We have a lot of buddies in those, in, in those systems. 
you're selling out to people who are supporting you. And that's something that to me is unconscionable. And people can disagree with it, but no, I think you're, I, I think you're absolutely right. So people what would be the total solution? I'm, I want to get into the, yeah. the problem solving. Like, what would you do if you were the Daily Wire? Okay, so the only thing, and this is the thing, this is all done right now. I don't, I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but the first answer, and I've said, we won't talk about this again. If someone takes a pledge alongside me, anyone in BigCon, just the only thing that I ask is that you do not punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. That's it. Start with that. Let's start with that. Before we get to everything else, right? A lot of times people want the, the entire solution. Just start with that. You won't be penalized 25% if you're demonetized on YouTube by the people who are supposed to be fighting now, for now, you. Now let's address the, 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 the argument there. Yeah. The argument they've made is how do, why should we be the ones to lose money if you're removed from the platform and not making well, yeah. money? And that, that sounds really great, right? It's a partnership. That's what they were talking about. They were trying to pick like a partnership and put it into contract form, or at least in this, you know, like a term sheet, right? Well, what it didn't take into account, honestly, is what if, what if Steven, okay, it's $12.5 $12 million. What if he's making them 30? What if he's making them $30 million a, starting point a year? A guarantee. Yeah. What if he's making them $30 million a year and all of a sudden, instead of making 30, they're subtract two from that. So it's fine to share in these I things see. when the expenses come up, but when the upside comes up, we're not really in a partnership anymore. We would so be this the wasn't one, about wait, wait, money, guys. We would be the only ones at risk. It's disingenuous. The only ones at risk. I'm already demonetized. Right. I can hear Jeremy well, being like, is... it was a term sheet. I wouldn't negotiate okay, it. Okay, I can okay, hear okay. him. Right, well, look, on. I can write that hey, I had sex with your wife on there a term no... sheet. Oh, I thought you were going to redline it. Come on. That doesn't Okay, George Costanza. I had sex with your wife. This is a good point. It penalized you. It's If you get banned, you lose... X percent, and no matter how much you're making, forty-five. No, no matter how much you're making, no, and no matter how much you lose, yeah, yeah. If you lose zero dollars, they penalize, and you. the penalties yeah. add up to one hundred and ten percent. And they said in their own video, this is demanded of all creators, right? That's does anyone disagree that that's what was said? This is what yeah. everyone signs. Now, now here's the, the counter, issue with that. Again, you don't put it in if you don't want that. The, the counter, the counterpoint, Candace said, is yeah. she negotiated? She hired a lawyer. Yeah, Steven Crowder has the resources to hire a lawyer and redline this. Sure. She put on her. I thought we were good pants. friends. <laughs> I figured out why friends. why Candace was so pissed last so, week hold on, when wait, she wait, came wait. in. Yeah, this, I figured this, it out. I can. I, I'll tell you about it in is, a second. You recorded co CEO of Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, on a phone mm. call. Yep. He says, "I thought we were friends." Yep. A lot of people have said, "Wow, that that was a mess up thing to do." It sounds like what you're saying in 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 the context we we're just talking. They sent you a business contract that was very bad that penalized you 110 percent if all, all fees are applied, more money than they would actually pay you. And it didn't take into consideration if you made them more money. It didn't take into consideration how much money you made them. It didn't take into consideration if you were banned from Facebook, but Facebook generated no revenue, yeah. they still penalized you. That's part of so it. So here, here's, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm thinking. If the question is, and I, and I, do, have, I, I do have qualms about recording the, the, the recording, but we'll get into more detail. Mm -hmm. They say you were, you were supposed to be friends. Why would you record your friend's phone call? Mm -hmm. Well, there's an interesting point to be made. Why would your friend send you a a very very bad contract that that felt exploitative? And why would a friend not listen to you when you say, "Take me off the table. It's not a fit." There was never, just to be clear, there was never another offer that came through after I said, "These are the non-starters. The penalties for big tech, right? These the owning of people's names, image, likeness, their platforms are in perpetuity long after they leave." I said, "Then we can talk about the money, right?" They, he said they came in low, and I'm sure my my gay Cuban hardcore right uh, right wing agent came in high. You find that, but it's like, but there there can't be any terms without this. Once I said that can't happen, then these terms, the big tech penalties. 
That's when so, so they, talks completely stopped. It they, was never changed and said, of course, all these it's like you saw in their first wait, video. Wait, wait, we they, have they, to make money. They outright said that fee structure couldn't be changed. Yeah, they, there was never another offer after that. I said, look, this is the sticking point. You have to get rid of all of these. Change it. And also, you have to. we can't do this. I'd love to sit as, from one business owner to another. You don't have to do it this way, right? A good example is, look, uh, and I feel vulgar talking about numbers. Election night. Okay, election night. We had been suspended for having Carrie Lake on. The entire Daily Wire cast on YouTube, less than a quarter of the viewers that we had on Rumble. When we crossed streams, their viewership went up 40, 30, 40,000 people. That's proof of product that, hey, look, proof of concept. You can do it off of YouTube. You don't have to. Right. I think you use the platform as long as you can, but you need to start building alternatives. It is fundamental to the business model on the right to not change that. And I'll just point out that we have about 120,000 more live viewers than we average with you being here. So there's something to be said. I think Daily Wire's got some creative, like a lot of opportunity on their website. Because like if all your back catalog was on Daily Wire at no cost to anybody and they could go into Daily Wire, log in, and then I spend 99 cents on a Crowder video and then that money gets split between you guys. Like there's a lot of technical Well, they're already uh, going to be doing over 300,000 MugClip subscribers day one, right? Now, um, the the issue here is, is, let's take me out of it. Let's say you're starting your own thing, right? You're trying to come up in this movement. And the terms are being set by people on your side behind the scenes where this is the ball that you have to play. I said to Jimmy, take me out of it. It's yeah. not the right fit, which I thought, if I don't have a dog in this fight anymore, it won't fall on deaf ears when I say, hey, it's about the it's about the next kid. This can't work. We can't have a movement. We can't sell our people out. And that's how I view it. Maybe you don't. They said, this is just a business. These are the terms. But there are alternatives. You don't have to be dependent on YouTube or Facebook. And you certainly shouldn't make it fundamental to your business model when you're telling people that you're fighting them. This has so, been so- going on for years. Years. Here, here, here's my and idea. not just Daily Wire, to be clear. Not just Daily Wire. Pick, pick a name in the movement. Most likely, yes. Here, here's my view of it. I think The Daily Wire does important work, good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Candace Owens' BLM documentary, I think, was good. Uh, what is a Woman, I think, was was a massive success. That that What is a Woman reached people that I know that aren't political. And that's that's a, that's a cultural force. So I think... I, 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 I talked with them. We, we had a meeting. I, I sat down with, uh, with Jeremy, with a few of the other guys, but mostly with Jeremy. Jeremy came on the show. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, he said, hey, if there's ever, anything, ever, uh, anything you ever need, let us know. Was, thanks for having me on. And I was like, I'll hit you up sometime. We talked about doing uh, Nashville Week because we wanted, to, we wanted to try out our new mobile studio. Then we got, we, you know, while we're in the process of setting this up, I said, well, let's talk. I mean, is there a way we can maximize the effectiveness of our operations? You guys are way bigger than us. Of course. But of course, an oppor- there could be an opportunity that we don't understand that you do. And so we started talking about a variety of different things. Yeah. Ultimately, I, it came to potential terms. It came to requirements. I, of all the businesses I've ever negotiated with, the, the most real, in my opinion, was with Jeremy. It was like I was talking to an actual human being who knew what he meant, who explained the pitfalls, the pros and cons. Look, if we do a deal like this, you're right. It's going to suck because of that reason. That's true. What do you think? And I said, I don't know if that's going to work for us. The joke is, I I actually said, what if I want to put up a billboard that says Liz Cheney's a fat pig? And he was like, you know, that's not us. Like, we're not. And I couldn't find one big enough. Right. But but I said, like, I'm not literally going to do that. You know, it's. I feel it is kind of crude saying that point, but the point I'm trying to make is that we're roguish. We want to do weird things. Yeah. The ultimate conclusion was, you know, I, I, then there's maybe we can't work transactionally together, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. He's like, but we'll do we'll do other cool stuff. Sure. You know, we'll you, you, we'll we'll talk with your your guys on our shows. You know, we'll have you on. You can come on. This will be yeah. really great for everybody. And so my view was like, 
I agree with you on the contract stuff. But why did I, it I really fall apart? When did why, did it, why did it completely fall apart? Like the deal with the In other words, work? what you're saying is they were saying you need to be in this box. Because it's not about the billboard. Let's be honest. It's not just about the billboard. If you're well, the billboard you was the, billboard. the box. It was like, if I wanted to do something that was aggressive and more shocking, mm -hmm. the billboard is that point. Yeah. I don't want to put up a billboard calling Liz Cheney a fat pig. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did they do the thing where they said, we tried to look at outside capital for you for the first time. We couldn't no. make it work. They didn't do that? They didn't no. do that? They, 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 I, I don't want to. I don't want to give up too much of the details of the conversation we had. Of course. But I basically said, uh, let's just say I made a big ask of the biggest asks. Mm -hmm. That if, if 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 what you're saying, you know, it has to be this way, then I have a very, very big ask. And they were like, yeah, that's expensive. I don't know if we can do that. And I was like, look, ultimately what it comes down to is, for those that understand tabletop RPGs, they play Paladin, I play Rogue. Someone commented in Super Chat. I don't chat, understand the reference. But I'll, I'll explain either. right now. Do you not? Someone someone super chatted, they're trying to be rebels within the box. They're warriors of God. That's a paladin. That basically, think of a stoic monk, a knight following the rules, holding his sword, saying, look, the rules are as such. We will do right to the best of our abilities. Whereas we here at Timcast are like a bunch of crackpots in the in the bandits forest being like we're going to do what we want to do when That's we like the like lost boys out here it's a skate you park see? and it's like a bunch of mopeds and <laughs> I thought you were going to throw a basketball in my face asking me to play I wanted to yell a bang ring I did, I did bring you to the basketball court You did yeah, and I made so, the VIP up the half pipe Yeah you know I would right. agree with you if here's the problem when you have a few cuz it's again this is not about the daily wire there are a few key companies that control what is permissible in this movement and these few key few key companies are saying this is the only way i'm saying there could be many ways it would be one thing if we're saying hey maybe this way maybe this other way but now this sort of reeks of why don't you go and create your own youtube why don't you go and create your own find billionaire investors to give you seed money yep. well how do you do that when then this happens a lot ideas are stolen and then millions pumped behind it to promote it as though it seems original. And then they steal your talent, who you foster. You know, you, you've you probably had this, this happen. I've had it happen with dozens of people. The picture I sent you of people working at our company, there's at least four or five there who worked for me. They were young. Uh, other big networks in this space came in, offered them a bunch of money. I said, look, I'm not going to keep you. I give you a letter of recommendation. After six months, they come back. So uh, I, I wanted to address what you were just saying about these companies playing by the rules. That's completely my experience with a lot of these different companies, is that yeah. big tech is clearly infiltrated by, I mean, you look, uh, uh, Alan Bakari, I think it was, got, a hand, got his hands on that Google video where the, they were crying that Trump won. Mm -hmm. This is Google. I love this. On my Wikipedia, it says Tim Pool, you know, maintains that there's a bias in big tech against conservatives or whatever. Sure. And I'm like, no, I don't. I read a Gizmodo article from 2016 that said Facebook was suspending conservative news outlets. I was in there. Yeah. That's how I met my half-Asian lawyer, Bill Richmond. He read the article and he was like, yeah, it's like the Chris Kyle Foundation, Ted Cruz what? for president, and you, uh, you need some representation. I was like, yeah. they, 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 they act like it was a smear against me that I was pushing conspiracy theories when I was literally reading the left news sources. Right. So, so anyway. And Luke these, saying, told you. They set these terms, these big tech companies, and then what happens is the leftist organizations clearly say the stupidest and craziest things. You know, ChatGPT, the AI mm -hmm. bot? Mm -hmm. It was, I think, Jack Posobiec who asked it, or he tweeted this out, when asked, did Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow spread COVID misinformation? It says, no, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, they, they 
did. Literally, we know for a fact they did. Yes. And then it, it goes on and says, well, while they acknowledge some mistakes, no, 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 the whole machine is skewed in that direction. What happens then is big tech company, I shouldn't say big tech, I'm sorry, many of these big conservative outlets, I shouldn't even say necessarily conservative outlets, but many of these, many of these companies are just like, we're, we're going to set the parameters right here because... We're going we're to be within the box. We're going to be rebels in the box. This is the problem, that, and I'm finding why I think Candace was pissed too, is that when we refer to companies doing thing, and what happens is the, the company is a hologram. It doesn't have any availability or, or any ability to do anything. The people, so when you're negotiating, for instance, it comes out, Steven Crowder negotiating with the Daily Wire, quote. Right. And, and that brings all these other Daily Wire employees into it. Like, they were getting messages, Candace was, Michael knows on their chats, and they're like, now I'm involved because it was between... You and Jeremy Boring, they don't have to Ben be Shapiro. Up. There's actually four owners to, to the Daily Wire, Ferris Wilkes and Caleb Robinson, owned by Bent Key Ventures. So you're only in negotiation with four people. If we stop saying YouTube is doing this, we're going to get a lot more accurate in the people. Who's doing it? Who's who's using YouTube as a, as a filler? Yeah. I want to know. And I also that leaves out unnecessary collateral damage. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's like they send out on YouTube, you know, they send out representatives to conservatives and they're patsies for the higher ups. But when you get coming back to you time and time again, you know, if you did what company X, if you did what company, meaning big conservative companies who have meetings with them, if you did that, we might be able to get you remonetized or at least not suspended. And that's what I mean. This is the thing. Is there any examples you could give us about key issues uh, specifically about that? Yeah. Anything relating, you know, back in the day uh, on trans issues, you know, for example, we had a character like we did for a long time long time uh, Trenny Bain was a character that we did it was Bain Dark Knight series and the whole idea was an uprising you know Arkham Asylum against YouTube they said you can't do that anymore um, there was one where they said you can't sell off site the socialism shirt that we had which wasn't even on YouTube uh, oh yeah the, 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 yeah. the socialism for fake shirt you don't want to know the funny story this about that I've never seen John laugh so hard was we started selling on the website because it's socialism is for figs. It's a plan where you may not like it, but people also need to know Che Guevara executed gays, right? This is a guy, if when you wear a Che Guevara shirt, you're wearing a Hitler who was uh, less successful in being charismatic and duping people. Not saying Hitler was successful. I'm saying he was a genocidal maniac. So, of course, we're mocking him. YouTube says, well, you can't do that. That shirt is hate speech. It's off the platform. So what we ended up selling at the uh, Crowder shop was a mystery box. <laughs> and I get a call yeah, from one of the most three. senior executives at YouTube, <laughs> and I go, "What? They go, we know what's in the box." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm thinking someone in Silicon Valley is opening it, like." Fah! And uh, so we stopped selling. But that's something that's completely off the platform. But the point is, right? You need to be. A, there needs to be someone standing up to these giant organizations. And when you say, like uh, Jeremy said in his video, well. You know, we only met with Susan Wojcicki once, and we were really going in and defending Steve. I said, okay, hold on a second. Are you the biggest, most influential, fastest-growing conservative network in the world, or did you spend time going in and fighting for the little guy and were completely ineffectual? You can't have both. One of those things is true. The inconsistencies are the issue here, and that's a tactic of the left. Here's I fully expect them to come out and say, this is a lie, this is a lie. Switch the narrative from the phone call, switch the narrative from the money now that that's gone. Probably a hit list like the Vox Apocalypse. probably get personal. This is why people don't speak out. This is why good people don't run for office, and we shouldn't be doing that on the right. So this was a very big story, and I got tons of tweets from people asking me about Steven Crowder. People were saying, you need to speak out for Steven Crowder. Candace, blink twice if you're under duress. All sorts of comments like that, and I had no idea what they were talking about. I obviously then went to Steven Crowder's YouTube page, and I saw a video that he had put up, and he was discussing a company who were essentially offering him what he thought amounted to a slave contract. It was very heavily implied 
throughout that the company was the Daily Wire. He said it wasn't the blaze. He said that there were ad reads, that the company offered him a lot of money and that he wouldn't sell out. You know, it was this super, I'm a martyr and I'm not selling out to you. And the comments reflected that, yay, Stephen, you're a hero. Before I even give you my feedback, let me just, let's just hear Stephen in his own words. Big tech is in bed with big con. The people you thought, the people I thought were fighting for you, a lot of it has been a big con. Now, I'm specifically avoiding naming names or going after individuals uh, in this video because I genuinely hope that those I'm addressing, and you know who you are, have a change of heart. Don't sign, don't sign these contracts. I know, I now know what you are signing out there. I have the luxury of not having to. You know, let me go through this. If any of the major platforms issues a content strike such that Crowder cannot be monetized on such a platform, the fee will be reduced by 25%. And then another 20% of it happens on Apple. And then another 10% of it happens on Facebook. And then another 10% of it happens on Spotify. And then if you get a, then if you get a strike, meaning a suspension, another 20%. Just to drive it home. You get hit by a car, you have a sick day, you can lose $100,000 a day. This is what's sent out to everybody. All right, so you get the gist of this. It, it, it is a super predatory contract. And like I said, he never explicitly said the Daily Wire, but it was very clear that he was talking about the Daily Wire because how many organizations do you know are big enough to offer him, Stephen Crowder, you know, what he should or around the range of what he should be paid that does ad reads. Obviously, it's not going to be Fox News. It's not going to be PragerU, their 501c3 or Turning Point USA. And he mentioned explicitly that it wasn't the blaze. So to me, it was sort of like he said, the Schmaley Schmeyer, but I'm not naming any names. And I'm going to tell you two things that I thought. First and foremost, to give something a name like the Big Con, obviously, it was mudslinging. And if this was the Daily Wire, which I wasn't entirely sure that it was, but as I said, it was heavily implied, then he also threw mud on me. He threw mud on Matt Walsh, he threw mud on Michael Knowles, he threw mud on every single person, Brett Cooper, that works for Daily Wire by implying that we are signing these contracts and he is heroic for not signing it. And it, pulling out excerpts of the contract to say, basically, we're beholden to big tech, right? And I don't like that. I don't, if you want to rev up your engine and fire up your big truck, don't get mud on my car, right? That's my thing. I don't, if you want to go to war, keep me out of it. At least say this was a contract that was offered to me. He kind of makes this plea. And again, people were just on board with it. But I will also be honest that I was a bit disturbed. Like I said, heavy accusations that this is how the contracts are being handled. This would mean and imply that I was working for an organization that is not acting in the capacity of what I would like, how I would like them to act, right? Or acting in good faith toward the talent. And it felt predatory. So the first thing that I did was I reached out to executives here and was like, what, what is this? Are you guys going to respond to this? I want to know whether or not you're actually treating people poorly behind the scenes because it matters to me. It's always mattered to me, okay? You can speak to any organization that's ever worked with me. I have a very good reputation. I maintain friendships with everybody. I do. I don't personally know Stephen Crowder. To be honest, the first time I ever had any correspondence with him, he was a bit of a dick to me. I probably, you can bleep that out, whatever. But he offered me online to come on the show. I said yes. And an hour later, he lied and said that I canceled and I never did. And then he corrected it and said, oh, we, we got confused. And I just thought that's pretty crappy that you publicly tweeted at the time. I think he had more followers than me that I, I canceled on your show and I never did. But anyways, I never met him in person. And I think he's tremendously talented. And I laughed all the way through his Lexi Knight coverage. So I didn't really have a horse in this race and I wanted the Daily Wire to respond to it. I said, you have to respond to this. This makes us all look guilty. People are now thinking I signed a contract like this, like I sold my soul to the devil. This is the implication here. 
So Jeremy Boring, the co-CEO of Daily Wire, did in fact give a response, actually a thorough response, a one-hour response last night, which I watched late, later than my bedtime, I would say. And he went through the contract that they offered Stephen line by line. Again, it was an hour long, so I absolutely cannot play it right now or recover the entire show, but you should take the time and you should watch it because he adds clarity and he expands. He goes through the entire contract. There could not have been more transparency. He goes through the entire contract that was offered and it allows people to actually discern what really went down. And what really went down, uh, according to Jeremy, and I'm very interested to see what Stephen's response is, is that Stephen became a free agent. He left the blaze. The Daily Wire offered him a contract, a huge contract, by the way, $50 million they offered him. First, they said, we won't even talk unless you offer a big amount. But Daily Wire came back and offered $50 million. And then Stephen's agent wrote back that they wanted $120 million. So basically, you wanted $120 million over the span of four years, which, by the way, pretty unrelatable. Okay, this was last year. I think I think Jeremy said this all went down in September of last year. And then Jeremy went back and said that there was no way that they could afford that. Months passed, and I don't know, Steven Crowder, New Year, New Me, popped up in January and was like, actually, it's New Year, it's New Me, and F you, Daily Wire. I'm not okay with the fact that you even offered me this contract in the first place. By the way, it was a term sheet, not a contract, okay? So Steven Crowder is relying on the ignorance of people who don't know how business work, okay? don't understand that this is how it works. They put an initial offer on the table. And then what happens is you go get your lawyers and they go over every single line, okay? So my contract with The Daily Wire took us five months to negotiate. Lawyers going over every single line. They got me a term sheet. I said, <laughs> no way to this. Here's what I'm saying. They say, <laughs> no way to this. And then I say, <laughs> no, and you go back and forth. And this is just business negotiations. It's nothing personal, okay? And of course, if I did not believe in something that I was signing or I thought it was disadvantageous, we talk it out. And they give, explain their logic and I explain my logic and what my fears are. This is totally normal in, in the capacity of contracts everywhere signed. And yet, by removing some crucial information in his initial video, and like I said, I felt the same way as people that watched it at first, it made it seem as though a Daily Wire was just trying to enslave Steven Crowder. It's just not fair what Steven Crowder did. I think that honestly, he was acting a bit like a child actor. And I think it's incredibly immature to not give people all of the information up front, right? To refuse to name specific names and to therefore sling mud onto every single person. And it's egocentric, right? It's going, this was my experience and therefore it must be everybody else's experience. And so I'm gonna be the hero by saying that everyone's under duress and you can come to me so I can start my own company. At the end of the day, I think what happened, this is my, completely my opinion, by the way, so I'm not blinking twice, I'm not under duress, is that Stephen Crowder became a free agent and he's feeling a little vulnerable right now, right? He's used to working for other organizations. He has some guaranteed pay. And he thought that Daily Wire were actually going to meet him at $120 million. They didn't, they declined. And he's still feeling a little shaky on that. It's it's scary to go out on your own. I thought about it. I thought I'm going, going out on my own. It's a lot of work. Maybe down the line I will, but it's a scary thing to go out, to step out on your own and say, I'm going to do this thing completely by myself. As Jeremy pointed out, Stephen's not done that before, right? And so to do this, he pulled a move in which he was going to try to take a bunch of people that were subscribed to The Daily Wire and start his own company. So essentially saying, I'm the hero, I'm the martyr, follow me because I'm not like those guys. And then he was going to start his own shop. And that's what he's trying to do. And some people fell for it and said, I'm with you to the end, I'm, I'm, I'm mug club till I die. 
and didn't understand that really nothing happened here other than nobody wanted to pay Steven Crowder $120 million. So he turned to his viewers who he thinks are stupid, stupid enough at least not to understand how business negotiations work, right? Like this is like normal, you kick it back and forth, and they were gonna make up for his loss. So people that are upset by his video, the million of millions of people who watched it, are now going to give him a dollar, whatever it, it costs to be in the mug club, and they're gonna become the $120 million that he feels that he deserves. First of all, I'm just gonna say this, unrelatable. Unrelatable. People are trying to pay for bacon and eggs right now at the grocery store, trying to buy a steak once a week, and you're over here crying because somebody couldn't meet you at $120 million, and it is crying. I don't like it. It was a total bitch move. There are plenty of things that happen across all organizations in the conservative movement where I will say that I empathize and with Steven Crowder and saying that sometimes you feel like a cynic, which is like, is everybody selling out? Are people doing this, people doing that? There are a lot of things that Daily Wire has done that I disagree with. There's a lot of things that Turning Point has done that I disagree with. Uh, there are things perhaps that PragerU has done that I disagree with. I have worked with all of these companies, right? But to do a total bitch move and go out to the public rather than trying to resolve these things and these, and these slight differences behind the scenes and to make it seem like you're the hero and you're the true one and you keep it authentic when something, really nothing happened other than you didn't like an initial term sheet and all you had to do was tell them that and tell them what you didn't like and go back and forth with lawyers like everybody else. I think it's crappy. I think it's, I, I think Steven is a, a little egocentric. He probably will do better on his own. I don't think he knows how to play on a team. And by the way, the last name I'm gonna say, because I'm going on Tim Pool tonight, so I'm gonna say it anyways later, is that I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Steven Crowder who also screwed over somebody he used to work with? Was it not Gay Jared? Because he had him tied up in a contract. Wasn't that Steven Crowder who did that? So is he supposed to be the moral high bar? Are we not supposed to call him out for that? Here, here's the thing. Steven, why don't you release not gay Jared from his NDA and allow him to talk about how he felt he was treated by you? Because I know that at The Blaze, everyone says that you're actually not that nice. You treat people poorly, but you bring in so much revenue that everybody just has to take it. So I don't like it. It stinks to high heaven. And I'm calling you out on that because I think it's, it was crappy that you threw mud on me. Did it the first time via a tweet a long time ago. You're not doing it a second time. Total bitch move. All right. So here's the uh, the first story that we have. And this one's going to get spicy. We got this video clip from Steven Crowder titled, I didn't want to do this. Crowder has issued a response to Jeremy Boring's response. In it, Steven Crowder releases some audio. Notably, uh, well, let me, let me see if I can play this. Do we have the audio properly set up? Yep. Here we go. We'll play the beginning. They don't get deals that... They can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. They can be wage slaves for a little bit. They can be wage slaves for a little bit. God bless the talk boy. Those things are worth like $5,000 now. It's an expensive gag. Um, that is kind of crazy. I didn't realize they were so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Almost. All right. Before YouTube, uh, that was so, how I used to do it. This is, I mean, this is going to, this, this is a tough one. Uh, Steven's not here to defend himself, but Candace is here to, to uh, give uh, her perspective on this. So I, I'll just throw it to you and, and give me your thoughts on, on his response and what happened with the Daily Wire, because I know you got a lot to say. I do have a lot to say about this, because obviously the situation impacted me and it impacted all of the other hosts on the Daily Wire. So first of all, I feel like I just want to say this, which is that I have never once, I've been with Daily Wire two to three years now, you have never once heard me come out to defend the Daily Wire on anything. This is not the first time Daily Wire has been in a firestorm or has been had some beef that has gone on, whether it's for Ben or Matt or Michael that's gone on the last three years. I tend to stay very much in my lane. As I mentioned before, I'm not an employee of Daily Wire. I'm not required to come out and defend them. And I'm usually just not interested in these beefs that seem to be so fickle. They last for a day and then they go away. And I, it's probably the reason why 
for whatever doesn't really matter what anybody thinks about me I have a good relationship with pretty much everybody like there's no one that I can't be invited and be in the same room with everybody sort of hates each other but I'm kind of I can uh, Alex Jones has a good opinion of me everyone from Alex Jones to Ben Shapiro to Paul Joseph Watson Mike Cernovich is somebody that I call and ask for advice from time to time Jack Posobiec like I'm a kind of person that judges people based on how they treat people right I'm not interested in dabbling in this nonsense um, nonsense from time to time that appears and then goes away and ebbs and flows. This situation, though, was different because basically Stephen Crowder decided to launch a war and didn't really care who got hit, you know, with the shrapnel, right? He comes out, he makes this glorious video, which it's shocking to me that people cannot see the amount of acting that is going into this. We all understand he was a childhood actor. He was on, he, I loved that show, Arthur. He was the brain. Like, he, he is an actor. At the end of the day, he's an actor. It's also why he's so entertaining when it comes to politics. He's a talented person. But that people cannot discern the amount of acting that has gone on in this is, is stunning to me. I don't know where people's discernment, what's going on with discernment, where you can't just spiritually discern that, mm, this feels a little weird, right? You're recording conversations with someone that you have told us you are friends with forever. Oh, and by the way, at the end of you saying that you're just trying to do the right thing. You're also saying, I'm going to launch my own thing, right? So just when I first saw the first video that he dropped, obviously I'm not privy to negotiations that happened at the Daily Wire. I had no idea they were negotiating with Steven Crowder. Again, not my business. I came into work one day, suddenly Brett Cooper was there. Not my business. I don't know who they're hiring. I don't own the company, right? But what I started getting was after I had dropped my podcast in the comment section, everyone was basically tearing me apart, being like, blink twice if you need help for a single, like I'm a hostage situation or saying, what if you don't say anything about Steven Crowder, you're a fraud, you're a fraud. Just like suddenly you're a fraud, you're a fraud. So I go and I watch this video and just like everybody else watching it live, his first video, your instincts are like, whoa, he, he's throwing some bombs he's calling it big con he's saying essentially that we are enslaved by these contract terms uh he actually uses the term enslavement if you don't want to be a slave you know you, you maybe you'll come work with me. i'm going to figure it out for all of us like you're a hero you're a martyr and because i was getting so many comments the first thing i did was that i messaged my ep and i said we have to cover this tomorrow on the show because now everyone thinks i'm a fraud and they think that i've signed w- with fraudulent terms or slave-like terms and that's so totally unfair to me so my interest in this is that it it hit me and it hit everybody else the daily wire and it was unfair do you i don't don't know you don't have to answer this i guess but do you have a similar contract Uh, there are certain terms i recognize that's why i immediately knew it was daily wire so for example the um the fee reduction if you miss a day of work right like if you miss a day of work we are paying for x amount of episodes and this is a steep amount if you miss one day of work when you first see that when i first received a contract from a daily wire i went that's a shocking number to see then you have to calculate, and by the way, mine was not this. I want to be very clear. I don't have a $50 million contract. If there's anything I should be upset about, it's that they were going to pay that much to Steven Crowder, right? <laughs> not I, you. I need to go renegotiate my contract. But so you see it, and it's shocking. And then you read under, which is what he did not include when he says, so if I get hit by a car, like I'm just going to $100,000 a day. He didn't tell you how much he made. You don't know what $100,000 means unless you can see what were they offering him. And you can calculate yourselves. Okay, so what they're basically saying is that we're paying you $63,000 a day. You know what I'm saying? He, but- he, he, he purposely like excluded right beneath it that says that actually it's pro rata if an event of an emergency that's yeah, a very insignificant thing that would allow people not to be enraged at seeing this yeah just to clarify jeremy when jeremy uh re- released his video he showed the, the the additional portion that said in the event of temporary disability they prorate you there's no penalty and then we talked about this last night i said the hundred thousand dollars seems punitive i think you mentioned yeah but what about 
Daily Wire's costs. I said, oh yeah, fair point. DC Joy knows it, and that is exactly right. Yeah. They they have all of these contracts that exist. It's very easy to understand. We're paying you, his is $100,000. We're paying you $63,000 for the content. They are also have a bunch of contracts everybody that's working on the show. So for example, my EP, she's contracted. I don't know what her contract says, but maybe it says that no matter what, she is guaranteed this amount of money. So if I magically call out, they still have to pay her. They still have to pay the camera guy. Maybe the advertising is punitive. If you didn't give us the content, the advertisers maybe then say, okay, you Daily Wire has to pay us $5,000 if Candace doesn't read ads on that day. You don't know when you have an organization this big what everybody's contracts are. So I assume it's $60,000 and then they're baking in an extra $38,000 to cover their asses to pay everybody else that maybe showed up for work that day. But, but Jeremy did say punitive. It because, is. Because he said, well, you're right about the costs all around it. But he said, he basically said one circumstance is you're choosing not to work and one is you're unable to work. Right. If you're unable, we get it. We'll just we'll just prorate based right. on the lost day. But he also said something interesting that you could you could make up that day by banking it at any time. Right. So if, I do that, by the way. I that do that. And that's, that's why it was, it's so annoying. So I, I see these things. And it, it's to people who don't know how this works. First and foremost, it's a term sheet. He was never given a contract. It was a term sheet. It's essentially a, a starting conversation. Here's what we have in mind. Everything's baked in. Some things literally don't make sense. Like in my term sheet, it said, you know, we uh, uh, whatever about they wanted access to my Snapchat. I don't have a Snapchat. They wanted access to my room. I don't have a rumble. They don't want access. It's literally just like, here's something so we can get the conversation started. Started, And really, the thing you need to pay attention to is, is like, this is the money. And then, of course, our lawyer is going to go back and say, this makes entirely no sense. This makes entirely no sense. So then you get to, you know, personalize it, so to speak. Right. When you yeah. say, OK, well, this thing makes me nervous because, OK, what if it's not me that's sick? But my son, I have two kids. Right. What if my son breaks his leg and I have to be I'm not going to not leave his side. So I have to I have to then say I need to personalize this term sheet. And that is what the contract is then for. If you come to some agreement that this is what we're going to work on. Right. This is what we're going to negotiate in good faith. Right. So he first and foremost lied by saying it was a contract. He lied by omission, by not saying how much money so people couldn't calculate. OK, really, how punitive is is that $100,000, not that much. And you consider that there's a bunch of costs that go in to producing a show and, and people that they may have paid editors. In this case, he produces his own show, but you know, editors, writers, no matter what, the Daily Wire has to receive that package and do something to it. So, and by the way, like I said, we know it's at least standard. So it's not because they're trying to hit Steven Crowder. They've given this to all of us. And your job then, if you're a big boy, right? If you can put on your big boy pants is to go to your lawyer and to say, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. This makes no sense. Negotiate. Now, if you are a young talent that was discovered on YouTube, as I was way back in the day, who comes from no money, as I was way back in the day, this could be like unfair because I can't afford a lawyer to go through line by line of this and redline this. That is not the circumstance for Stephen Crowder. He's already told us he's got so much money, he's more successful, and he doesn't need the money, blah, blah, blah. So why don't you just hire a lawyer? Well, but that that's what he said in the rebuttal. Yeah. I, it's not about me. It's about the Daily Wire signing new upcoming young people to these terms, and they don't and, have and in that And in that capacity, he hits Brett Cooper. Right now, he's basically so. Who who is a young upcoming talent that got signed with Daily Wire? We, there's only what five hosts of shows on the Daily Wire. I mean, so you're you're talking about Matt Matt Walsh? No, he's not young upcoming talent that's just been signed. You're talking about Michael Knowles? No, he's not young upcoming. You're not talking about Ken Stones. I don't think we would say Andrew Clavin is young upcoming talent. So you're talking about Brett Cooper. That's insulting to Brett Cooper. You have no idea what he's just saying shit, right? And it's not like he's reached out to us and said, "Hey, like I'm doing this for all of us." Like he's not. He 
reached out independently to Daily Wire host and been like, are you dealing with this agree- these egregious terms? No, he is doing this purely, let's not even try to make this anything but a selfish act that was to benefit Steven Crowder, who wants to launch his own network. Because, and by the way, I gotta say this, this is the most important part of this, and nobody is talking about this. He receives the term sheet, okay? And he thinks it's so egregious that he's got to make this video four months later, right? I don't know what happened in those four months after they started negotiating. I guess Steven Crowder woke up, new year, new me. I hate the, I hate the Daily Wire, so I'm going to go after them. He, he thinks it's so egregious. The first thing he does is counteroffer and say, let's start talking about $140 million, okay? So if it was so outrageous, why did he go back to them and say, no, actually, we can have this conversation, but let's start talking about $140 million, right? It was only when the Daily Wire then turned that down that the term sheet became so egregious that he had to do something about it. I'll, I'll just add real quick to everybody. Steven Crowder is coming on the show on Monday. I know he's not here to defend himself. Did you speak you know. to him? Because he might have recorded your conversation. So you might well, want to talk about whatever the hell it is you said to him. I mean... Yeah, my, my view is I was kind of surprised to hear that Stephen recorded the phone call with Jeremy because um, I don't I don't know why you would. Oh, you know um, I- and by the way, it, it should be mentioned that conversation. So they stopped negotiating completely, which Jeremy made clear in his video. This was over. He doesn't even know what this is coming from because this this conversation stopped when Stephen Crowder then came back with a counter term sheet offer of one a glorious one hundred and forty million dollars over X amount of years, and they said we just can't do this, right? Then he sat and he stewed and he said nothing until one week ago, he reaches out to Jeremy and he asks him to talk on the phone. And that was one week ago. That is the conversation that you guys are all hearing that he is playing right now. So he plotted this. This is a plot line. He planned to then record him to go back and to make this video. If if he had recorded this way back during negotiations, maybe you could say there was no plot. Why did he reach out to Jeremy exactly one week ago when they hadn't discussed anything pertaining to the contract and they said no and walked away last year around October, November? And then suddenly in January, he reaches out one week ago and says, hey, can we get on the phone? And he decides, maybe I should record this. No, it's because he realized he had nowhere left to go and his next plot in this storyline in this terrible childhood acting that he's doing right now was okay i have to do my own thing now and so i need to drum up some drama to get everybody that i know to believe that i am a martyr for our beliefs and they should dump their subscriptions to everybody else that's part of big con and join the mug club how can people not see i mean the writing is just so on the wall the fact that he recorded jeremy says that he did plan of America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360, brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference, brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight, brought to you by Pfizer. Early start, brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front, brought to you by Pfizer. Week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press data download brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer.